welcome, my friends, to another birthday extravaganza episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I am your host, Ben Magnet, whose birthday is in less than 24 hours from now. I am joined by my bro, Sparks Witty, whose birthday is in a few weeks, in fact. Hello, Sparks. Hey. Wait, isn't is your birthday the 15th? Yeah. Oh, okay. For some reason, yeah. I had the 16th in my brain. Nope, 15th. And uh, I'm also joined by Ryan, whose birthday is in the next year, but still What's a few up? months because it's in January, so it's really, really close, so I'm counting it. It's close enough. Hello, we all die eventually. And we are not joined by Brandon T. McClure, whose birthday is today. He's enjoying and he it. is enjoying his birthday. He's out having a grand old time. Check out his Instagram on his adventures on his little vacation. But hey, guys, how's it going? How are all y'all? I'm good. It's my day off. I'm ready to have fun with my homies. Talk about a bunch of shit that we won't see for a couple of years. Yep, a bunch (laughs) of stuff. A bunch of stuff. But before we do that, we have one link in the description down below. And it's for something that hasn't happened yet. Uh, Naughty? Yeah, it's for Ryan's downright annoyed that's going on later tonight the link that's there is for the channel that's gonna hop on so if you click that it's gonna go to the channel but when they go live around i want to say six o'clock ish six o'clock is right six o'clock is when they're doing down what's the movie today collateral collateral i picked it uh boy howdy i haven't watched this movie in a long time this is i think it might be tom cruise's best movie the same really? uh it's the only time he's played like a real villain uh oh. and he's like unhinged in a way that like he just doesn't get to do anymore and i think why is because he's so good at being a bad guy that if he did more roles like this, he'd just become an actual bad guy and go to jail. He's that good. Oh. At it. So like he had to become a superhero, or else, or else his life would be so different. Check that wow. out. Six o'clock. Pop, pop. Yeah, ch- check that out. And I unfortunately don't have any uh, um, old school gamer magazine articles up because stuff. Will I have one up this week? Maybe we'll find out. But yeah, so that link is down there. So if after you're done watching this, you can go check that out and wait till six o'clock. Watch Ryan talk about Collateral. And uh, yeah, with that done, gentlemen, how was your week? I want to go inter- first this time. In entertainment news, let's all go first. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of the same as last week. Um, I beat Guardians of the Galaxy. That game, mm-hmm. hey guys, you've heard it from everyone now. That game's phenomenal. Um, man, that game, I didn't expect to cry twice in that game, but I sure did. Um, I man, now that Chris Pratt's kind of a a, a mean boy, like I, I man, this 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 Star Lord's the best. This like I love him. Uh, like so much more in t- in tune with like the comic, but also still like that James Gunn uh, mentality. But like, man, just so good. I love it. Like I I want to replay it again, but it's also pretty long for a story game. Is great. That's really great. But like, it's like a whole endeavor. So um, I'm probably not gonna do that. I might. I want to try to play it with you, Ben, for the channel. Mm-hmm. But yeah. whenever that'll happen is is probably never. Um. Skyrim. Skyrim's 10th anniversary came out. I can't believe that game's 10 years old, and I've played that game. I've bought that game probably six or seven times at this point. I don't care. How many times do you buy Mario, Nintendo nerds? Um, um, I, I, a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's just a joke. I'm kidding. Uh, hey, guys, that's the same game, but it just looks a little prettier, and there's more stuff than last time. Like, there's nothing else to add. Like, I still, I just love that game. It's a great world to dive into. Um, what else? I've, I've caught up fully to Succession. Succession, y'all. Uh, Emmy award-winning succession is excellent and it is uh it is just so juicy every episode all the insults are so good um man I, it's it's I don't often like watch shows as they're coming out and now like because because of HBO Max I'm like oh wow 
I can just watch it like when it comes out. So I'll watch a new episode probably today or whatever. That's fantastic. Um, um, I've played my background here, audio listeners, there's a background of No Man's Sky, the video game. I've played so much No Man's Sky this week, y'all. It is, it is, it really is just, I think it might be like a perfect, a perfect Ryan game. It's so vibey. It's so chill. Uh, there's so many, they've added so many things you can do in this game. It's insane. Like every single day I'm finding new things to do. And I'm like, I just, I'm never going to finish this game. And it's, it's incredible. I love it. Um, I'm on a mission right now, guys, to build a living ship. Cause like, you know, there's space travel in that game. And like, I found this thing called a void egg. Right. And it's like, yo, this, this, this egg is humming. And like, I tuned to its frequency on my radio and it started talking to me. And then this living ship came to talk to me and it's like, Hey, I'm alive, but also not alive. Find out this mystery and you'll have your own ship. So like I doing a quest every single day to unlock this living ship. And it's like really cool. Hardcore again, after Dune, like, Oh, this is perfect. It's so, it's so beautiful. Like hardcore science fiction. Um, loving it. Uh, look at all these multiplayer people back here. I just want to play this game with all my friends, build beautiful bases, go swimming. It's so much fun. Um, I'm sure I've played other things. I played a lot of things this week. Uh, a lot of little things. Um, um, and then go ahead, Sparks. That's it. <laughs> That's everything. I think so. Off. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. Did you read any comics? No, I haven't gone to the shop in two weeks. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, sometimes I mean, like you'd read on Unlimited or something. It's tr- I, I might have, but I nothing that stands out. Okay. I thought you were reading some Guardians comics. Was I? Oh, I oh I literally today. Oh, okay. Yo, yeah. There's. Uh, I was looking through my my shit, my 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 shit in my closet, and there was a Infinity Watch. There was Adam Warlock in the Infinity Watch number one comic. So I did read that. So yes, that was one comic I did read. Um, hey, that's '90s Jim Starlin beauty. Like, uh, after the Infinity Gauntlet, um. Adam Warlock has the Infinity Stones, and then he gets put on trial by everyone in the galaxy because he's like, "You can't have this power." Look what Thanos just tried to do, and Galactus is there, but like Galactus, you eat planets. What are you doing there? Um, <laughs> yeah, space comics are cool, man. Man, that Guardians game is is might be the best Guardians thing put out in media. It's so good, I love it. Now it's on the Sparks. Thank you, Sparks. Nice. Um, I uh, have been continuing to catch up and keep caught up with the CW shows, so. Mm-hmm. I'm one week behind the finale for Supergirl, which also means I'm two weeks behind on Batwoman and Legends now. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, it's all consistent now. So the only show I'm really behind on is Superman and Lois because we watch that together. Hell yeah! Um, so Legends, really good. Um, they've actually done something really cool this season, which is at the end of last season, the Wave Rider got destroyed, so they're all stuck in 1925. So the season is all about them not having their resources and having to preserve the timeline and figure out how to get out of 1925, which is a cool gimmick for a show that's just every episode has been jumping around most of the time. It's like a Doctor Who one, like, oh no, they got my TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, and so they're just, they're stranded now. It's a a good setup. Um, I think they're doing a lot of cool stuff with that. Uh, they just had, I just watched the 100th episode. That was the last Legends episode I watched. And that was really cool. They found a, a neat way to like, uh, via Gideon and like going inside Gideon's brain, revisit a lot of characters. Um, so you got like Victor Garber back and all this kind of stuff. It was fun. Um, Supergirl's pretty good. It's heading towards a, a what seems like a very satisfying conclusion. So I'm, I'm pleased with that. Uh, and Batwoman's really solid right now um batwoman's doing something pretty cool where um 
it, I think it's smart that they've cemented that not only are you not going to see Batman really in the Arrowverse, that's just not going to happen. He's he exists, but he went somewhere. Um, you're not really going to see Batman's villains in the same context. So what they've done is like a whole bunch of the trophies from Batman's place got loose at the end of last season. So now you have like people just finding the pieces. So like a guy who was obsessed with Alice in the first episode of the season finds the Mad Hatter's hat and uses it um, to try to get to Alice. But he's not the Mad Hatter. He's just using his tool. Um, The next episode is a guy who found Croc's tooth and Croc's uh, affliction was an infection that uh, did get into the DNA of his tooth. So when the kid gets scratched with the tooth, he also starts turning into a croc-like monster. Oh, well, that um, makes me think how many other crocodile people are out there right now. Sure, and and then um, and then uh, right now they're doing a double episode of dealing with the fact that um, Mr. Freeze's technology got out, uh, and that people are hunting down um, Nora, who did get thought out uh, uh, to learn how to use his tech because he's dead. Is she going to become Lady Freeze, like in the comics? No, she's, um, they, they did a thing where what happened is that he'd frozen her to cure her because she was dying of McGregor's disease. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in the current canon, the present tense, they have a cure. So they thawed her out and they cured her. But um, the age caught up to her. So she's an old lady. So the 30 oh, no. years she was frozen oh. caught up to her. And now she's just alone. Um, but they did a pretty good arc with it uh in and tied it into batwoman i'm in the part one of a two-part because this episode was called freeze the next one's called anti-freeze um okay uh but i think that's actually a pretty solid gimmick uh to do batman villains but do them fresh and not have to like pull out the rogues gallery and be like batman's not around here's these you can do some classic stuff but i like people just kind of finding their own ways to stumble upon the trophies and use them and yeah. that woman's coming into her own character i'm i'm enjoying it here's now is the giant penny anywhere around i mean we didn't see it uh get lost in okay. the previous season but i'm saying i want to see like a trapeze artist just like like in um uh pirates of the caribbean when they're rolling on that wheel he's just oh, rolling yeah. around on a big ass <laughs> penny like that meant up yeah. with this guy come on that'd be fun um yeah that I, I like the direction they're going. They definitely feel like they're free of the constraints they were held back by in season two, I think. Right on. So that's that's working to their benefit. Um, I am almost totally caught up. We're one episode behind on Dan Brown's Lost Symbol because I'm still watching that with my dad while I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes it a lot. I like it all right. Uh, they did something in this last episode we watched where like they kind of reveal the entire history of like the the antagonist for the series that you've been seeing and like how he ended up where he is and it's a little bullshitty um and like not well thought out and i checked to see if like is it this poorly thought out in the book and the answer is no they changed it for the show and i'm like well Mm. this is a this is maybe a bad uh okay so since they changed it from the book uh and i haven't read that book I'm not going to, but since it is different, can you tell me what his stupid origin is for this show? Well, so the whole thing is that, like, he... I won't say who he is in relation to, like, some of the other characters. Oh, my but, God, is um, he, like... He's not, like, related to Jesus or anything, right? No, 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 okay. no. Um, um, just, like, uh, uh, they. it turns out that Langdon knows him. He's someone from his past. Okay. And what happened is that he ended up in this, like, 
this uh, foreign prison where he gets kind of like sucked into a cult like mindset about a lot of the religious stuff that his dad used to hoist on him. And then he has a different mentality about it. And when he gets out, he fakes his death and then pays like for major surgeries to change his appearance. And then like owns <laughs> his body and gets a whole lot of tattoos. And he has a compound where he's been hiding out and doing all this. And my problem this is, is that the like, plot. This is literally a plot of a Metal Gear Solid game. This and is my, problem is, my problem is that they were like, I was like, how did he afford all this? And they answer that question in the next episode. And it's like, super stupid and lame um, awesome i love it that sounds terrible uh and and i was like god is this is this really what happens in the book and like no um <laughs> as far as i know that dude's just like a good like investigator man like he doesn't need all that stuff right what what langdon need yeah, that's what I mean. like yeah like you don't need to make it super so like that they, they, they like convolute a lot of it i this does feel like um just you having seen like the da vinci code movie this does feel like wanting to like take the presence of Paul Bettany's villainous character and like amplify it by 10. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, that was like the goal and like, it's effective when you look at him, but it's really stupid when you think about it for too long. Mm. And again, like, I don't, I'm not going to say like it is that way in the book. Cause obviously there's changes, but in the show, yeah. like it I, was better. It was better when it was better when he wasn't a character from Langdon's past. And it was better when you didn't have to like, reveal all this dumb bullshit to explain how he could possibly be this dude uh from what i remember about reading those first like two or three books um uh those books are a i would not no offense or like like to be real like those are like like high school reading level they're not super hard so like when i read them i thought they were pretty heavy but like you just said like if you look at it too much it's kind of stupid it's like don't think about it too much like whoa it looks cool but like i think i think that's like, kind of all of those books in my i think opinion. i think where dan brown does the best is that a blend of like religion and history yes into like like real facts and like making a mystery out of that like yes. dan brown's really mm -hmm. good at it and like the foundation of that is still in the show and that mm -hmm. part of it is really cool okay but um, because this one is where he's like intertwining the Freemasons into a lot of religious scripture, and like, it makes sense. It works. Um, but like, that's where Dan Brown excels. And then yeah. all this other stuff, especially because they're going away from his script and trying to fluff it out, like that's where it gets, I think, really ridiculous. I think the Da Vinci Code, even even though I kind of enjoy Angels and Demons, I think Da Vinci Code is pretty much the perfect version of what Dan Brown was trying to do. And I don't think you ever get better than yeah, that, no matter it what is. you do. It yeah, it is it is like soap opera y like his like crazy conspiracy history stuff. And like, yeah, like uh I really I enjoyed that book. And I I didn't mean to sound as mean as it, but like it's it's not it's blockbuster entertainment. It's not it's not high art, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Dan Brown is an exceptionally talented writer at like writing character depth beats and yeah. depth, yeah. But um he's good, very good, good at ideas. But he's very good at weaving a mystery narrative around religion and history. Combined. You know what? I, I, he'd be a really good comic book writer. I bet because you don't because you don't need to have all that depth. Like you can have it, but like you, the art can speak for it. But I bet he'd be a pretty good comic writer, actually. That's probably true. Like, yeah, he's he's got his niche, and then like he has to work around it. So that's how I feel about the show. We're two episodes from the end. Um, cool. We'll see. Megan and I are continuing Scream. We picked up Scream season two this week. We're about five nice. episodes deep. Uh really like it i think it's actually a really great follow-up to um the first season i think my favorite thing about it is that like it's allowed to do what the movies try to do to an extent in the sequels but they don't they just don't have the landscape to really go into it of like 
it's there. Don't get me wrong. Like they they do it in Screams two and three and four. Um, but this this allows like all the characters, not just uh, who would be Sydney Emma in the show, um, to explore being traumatized by being chased by a mass killer, and like how that translates for different people and how they cope with it differently. For like like an example, like one of them has taken over a podcast to dissect and talk with his the people who are his friends who were the survivors about going through that experience because that's how he's like trying to Deal detox from the situation and then the other one has to like battle with constant like nightmares and hallucinations and like post-traumatic stress triggers uh and like that works and the first four episodes you mostly are basing around those things and not so much focused, not a lot focused on the fact that there is a new killer around. Mm -hmm. um, so the most of the main cast doesn't learn there's a new killer until the fifth episode, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. So there's a lot of moments where like you think the killer is there, but it turns out that it's like, it's their trauma or something like that. Or it's them, it's them thinking that it's their trauma. Oh, they okay. do some cool stuff where do you see they, like hallucinations. So the killer sends a bottle of uh whiskey sorry tequila uh to a party that they're having in the fourth episode and drug and doses it but they think oh, it's okay. from they think it's from their friend who's already been murdered earlier in the season is the only person who has been murdered but they think that it's just their friend sending it because they weren't able to show up to the party and so they all get dosed and they all start hallucinating in different nice. ways Ooh. um and they do some really cool stuff with like what they can do with filming techniques and that but like it provides a, a cool place to explore that idea so i like scream season two it's pretty good i you, watched you, the first real, hold on real quick you've talked about again like this weird period of mtv or like mm -hmm. with teen wolf and scream and like scream queens all these other shows were like for a couple of years they were putting out excellent television and then they just stopped doing that yeah it's weird it's a shame it's weird like they were and they were on like a really specific niche kick but they were doing it well which is like horror adjacent or supernatural adjacent uh television for teens and it was working is scream like 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 for a quote-unquote younger audience you know like more like teens instead of like rated r it was definitely targeting its teen audience at the now don't get me wrong like they have maybe one of the most gruesome kills at least in idea uh that i've ever seen in scream mm -hmm. period cool. in the first season um it's pretty brutal like they got to they got to go hard uh cool. in a pretty surprising way um so it's it's a bloody show. Uh, Star Wars Visions. I watched the first three. I watched the first episode of Star Wars Visions too. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> it, it's because you did it and you posted it, and I'm like, I should do that too. And so, I should do the, that's what I need. I should check my Twitter before every episode because yeah, that's that's I, how I know what I did. <laughs> I watched I watched the first three of Star Wars Visions. Um, so that's the the duel, the Tatooine Rhapsody, and the uh, the twins. Yeah. I stopped on the twins because I knew if I kept going, I'd probably finish the whole up the whole season. I still have to go back on to and finish it, but I love the first one. Uh -huh. The yeah. first one was so good. It's very good. Umbrella, umbrella lightsaber. Umbrella lightsaber. I, I love that Tatooine Rhapsody goes out of its way to be canon, which I think is cute. Is that the, you, the, the band one? Yes. Okay, because you see you see that he's running on Tatooine from he's in the clone wars and then it jumps forward in time mm -hmm. and i'm like you know like if you said this happened like it, it would totally line up 
contextually yeah. it would make sense. I think that's funny. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say too much about them because we will eventually have an animation station about it, but I'm glad to have started it. Um, the last two things I'll talk about is I watched Spider-Man, the Raimi 2000. Nice. When when uh, two, when are we when are we doing that episode? Uh, that's the first two weeks of December are the Spider-Man episode. Oh, I got I got time. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. we got because yeah because next week we have Ghostbusters and the week after is a Spider-Man. Well, right? yeah, yeah. And so okay, like cool. you know I'm I'm here with like other people in the house. My mom, our friends Jeremy and Pepper, and like everybody's excited about No Way Home and like mm-hmm. Spider-Man's relevant. So we were like, let's let's watch Spider-Man. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I gotta two, do it anyway. So uh, let's two, do it. Two things. Um, I was just asking because like I just I'm forgetful and like I don't want to watch six movies before the day before. Two, uh, is the news about the trailer in the news? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all I want to say. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we'll we'll get there. Um. So yeah. Uh. Spoilers. That's a that's a fantastic film. I guess. Yeah. Finish it. Um, the last thing I'll talk about is is uh, just before we started this, I watched a short film from 2007. Um, it's a 77 minute film um, that Pepper showed me, uh, which is called The Tracy Fragments, and it's one of Elliot Page's earliest films. Ooh. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, it's very weird. The entire film, yeah. um, and I thought like, there's no way that this is just coincidence right like they, they definitely had this in mind the whole film is like comic panels oh and i do mean like the whole film this is not like angley's hulk where it's like sometime the whole movie is like comic panels um the the concept of like why it's called tracy's the tracy fragments is it's like fragments of her life uh uh throughout and it's pretty interesting it's a it's an interesting weird little indie film i enjoyed watching it um yeah, there's one part where Tracy is reading a comic, and you see the comic panels at the top, and they then they line up with like real life shots. So it's like this was this was at least in the head at some point that it was like comic. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, so that's it. That's what I did. You hold on, real. You brought up uh, Angley's Hulk from 2004. Uh, we should what not anytime soon, but we need to reevaluate that movie because that movie spent like a year getting edited. And that is some of the coolest editing that any comic book movie will ever have. Yeah. Uh, even though that movie's not terrific, I think that holds up. Yeah, I, I, I want to as well. I uh, definitely and I, that. It's been a I, long time. I have one more thing I forgot to mention. I bought Death Stranding Director's Cut a few weeks ago, and I uh, and I didn't touch it. Uh, I only played Death Stranding. It came out like a year and a half ago. I played about half of it, uh, and I was enjoying it, but you know things happen, and I stopped playing it. So um, I started a new game. Uh, that might be the best looking game on the PS5 right now, because that game is so minimalist. It's basically your delivery man. And just like a big open world. Um, there are points in that game where I'm walking by a waterfall and I'm like, that's just a waterfall. That's just a waterfall. That looks real. Like that looks hella real. And I can't take a picture. Cause like the movement is what makes it look so real. Um, and there's like, there's a point where like, um, where Sam Porter Bridges is talking to Die Hardman, who is the <laughs> chief advisor to the president of the United States, who is your mother, but maybe also your sister, who's a clone. I don't remember these details, but Metal Gear Solid, the kind of stuff, right? Um, and he's talking to Die Hardman, and it's just them two talking like next to each other. And I swear, those are just two real people talking. Like with the angles of it, like, you know, it's not directly on their faces. I'm like, man, we've really come a long way. Holy shit. Um, again, it's a very minimalist game. There's not, it's not like, you know, Last of Us was a thousand things on screen. Um, but man, that game is super fun. And just, it's, it's a great podcast game. Cause literally all you do is walk around. It's all you do. You walk around and you avoid monsters. Um, and Norman Reedus has a little baby and he goes like, Shh, and it's like, it's really cute. It's really great. Um, 
Guillermo's in that game. Del Toro, what a hoot. What a hoot. He has like a Frankenstein scar. He's crazy. Uh, Ben, go ahead. Yeah, because I remember you were posting a bunch of stuff about that. And then you were, did you play Death Stranding without the PS5 setting? Yes. Like, yes. Stop. So here's the thing. So if you have a PS5, uh, it's sometimes difficult uh, if there's two versions of the game uh, to tell you which one you're playing. And especially with games that you have to buy an upgrade for. Uh, like I bought the upgrade for the game and then I started it, but I started the PS4 version. So I just replayed the first hour and a half of that game uh, on the PS4. I'm like, wow, this game looks good. And then I started it over. I'm like, oh no, no, it really looks good. Holy shit. Uh, and I wasn't even mad because you can skip cutscenes. Uh, and literally like half the first hour is nothing but cutscenes. So I skipped through it in like 15 minutes. Uh, it, it's Man, make it easy. Now it says PS5 or PS4 on there. That was a recent update. Uh, yeah, I, it was a mistake, man. Okay, but hey, at least you, you got um, you got up and running now on the, like the pristine graphics. Oh yeah, on what that machine can truly do. So I oh, yeah. didn't do a whole lot this week, but I did do something I'm very proud of, which is chipping away at my giant stack of comics. Now, of course, it's not as big as Ryan's stack, but okay. I got it all organized. I got organized. I have this beautiful reading order, and then when I got organized, I realized I was missing one book, Marauders Twenty One, which is the start of the Hellfire Gala. Oh no! So I'm like, damn it! I need to get that book. Which luckily it's not super old, so it should be easy to find, thankfully. So, but I have all my other books on top, and then like half of it is all my X Men stuff. Oh yeah. But I will say, um, if 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 you have a hard time getting Marauders 21, and you do want to read them, the difference the Hellfire Gala is not like X of Swords. Mm-hmm. Those those tie in issues do not. They don't go together. You can you can read that issue by itself whenever you want, and it won't right. tie to the other stories. So like, well, if the, you want to read those books, don't be afraid to to go through mm, them. No, but um, the the reason why is also because I really like Marauders. I love what uh um who's writing Marauders? Gilly? Jerry uh, Dugan. Dugan, thank you. I love what Jerry Dugan is writing about. So I, it's not just the fact that I'm missing a part of the Hellfire Gal. It's also because I'm missing a Marauders issue, and I don't like I'm missing a Marauders issue. Mm-hmm. So that's that because Marauders and Excalibur are my two favorite X books. I haven't gotten into the new X Men stuff yet, but I will eventually. But I, 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 think, I have it all set up. I have it all nice. It's it's a good. It's in the reading order. I'm like, okay, this is I, good. I think you specifically will love the new X Men by Jerry Duggan Ben because it's a little mm-hmm. more act action centric, and the first issue is literally them making a a mech, making a mecha. So well, like, it, it's a kaiju. It's a kaiju issue in the first issue, and I'm like, ah, what's up, baby? I'm into that. Yeah. So besides that, um, the one stack of books I did get through is I I am now finally caught up on all my Sonic the Hedgehog stuff. Um, I love it. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. I really like what uh um what's going on right now. So I'm like, cool. I, I got that. I got that going for me, which is nice. Oh, yeah. And I also watched a few more episodes of Cowboy Bebop. I'm on episode seven. I'm on. I'm on episode seven right now. I know I still have a little ways to go. Damn, that show is awesome. It is just gorgeous. Makes me miss 90s anime aesthetic. It's just everything, mm-hmm. like all the ships, just the location. Um, when we when were introduced to Faye Valentine in the casino episode, right after that, is just, I love this. But one thing that kind of makes me mad about watching on Netflix is unlike with Evangelion, because you know with Evangelion, there's like there's stuff before the intro. Um, this one skips the intro automatically. Like when you're watching it and it goes, okay, watch the next episode. It goes to the next episode, then it skips the intro, which kind of bums me out because, like Evangelion, I really like that intro to Cowboy Bebop, and it was even in my stuck in my head 
while I was at work and I was doing my Christmas shopping. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at stuff. I'm going like, anytime I see anything bebop, I go three, two, one, let's jam. I'm like, man, it, it's got it's got hooks in me. And I can't wait to finish it. Uh, ben, if you really like that '90s anime aesthetic and you want more, might I recommend Loop on the Third? Because Loop on okay. the Third just keeps releasing parts. Mm-hmm. And it never loses that aesthetic. No, it doesn't. I remember watching Loop on the Third on Adult Swim back in the day, and I loved Loop on the Third. Hell yeah! Uh, there's that, and also I know Brandon's been watching. I know Brandon definitely wants me to watch it. It's a Outlaw Star because I think mm-hmm. I saw one episode of Outlaw Star years ago. On I was on vacation somewhere. And I was just on Cartoon Network, and it was just this random anime. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on, but this looks pretty cool. So mm-hmm. definitely I need to watch out. I definitely need to watch Outlaw Star. But besides that, it was reading my comics, um, watching Cowboy Bebop, and one thing I do want to talk about. It's it's nothing. It's not like a big thing, but like I said, it's my birthday tomorrow, so I decided to treat myself, and I finally got a Super Smash Bros. Special Edition Pro Controller for the Nintendo Switch. Woo! I've been, I've been hunting this stupid. Okay, I haven't been hunting this controller down, but ever since Smash Bros. Ultimate came out, this controller was out for a hot second, and then it disappeared. It oh. was gone. Ben, I at the Halloween party I went to two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a Smash Smash Brothers like station, and uh-huh. like I just like went up there. I played as Bowser. I got first place, and I bounced. Nice. I was like, Donate, it. See ya. I felt cool. Yeah, but I was doing my Christmas shopping yesterday. I was with my uh, my old friend Elena, and I see it at one of the places where I got a present, and I, it's, I'm just like, it's there. And then Elena's like, did you get anything for your birthday? I'm like, not yet. She's like, you should get that. She's just like, it's like back in the day when I was with Brandon, I see something. I like, man, I really want it. He's like, you should treat yourself, Ben. You should get it. It's you know Brandon wasn't with us. It was like Brandon was there saying you should get it, do it. So I got it. and also the guy gave me a bit of a discount because I told him it was my birthday on Monday. So I finally got a I finally got a special edition pro controller that I've been wanting because I've been wanting a, a real Switch pro controller because there's a bunch of third party ones that Nintendo does like hey we're giving you permission to make this but they don't come with all the cool bells and whistles like they don't have the rumble they don't have the gyroscope stuff. Even though I don't like the, the the gyroscope thing, I'm much bigger fan of the HD rumble. Because um, in a few games, that actually does help play in the game, and you only get that with a real Switch Pro controller or the Joy-Cons. The third-party ones, while they're okay, they're much more prone to to drift than the real one. I mean, the real one's prone to it too, but I, I got a really cheap wireless uh, Pro Controller S controller for 20 bucks at GameStop. I beat Cuphead on it. It was really cool. But then I was playing Smash Bros. with Fanny one night, and my cursor just went, Wee! Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I wasn't even touching the joystick. So I'm like, yeah, well, man. this is done. Joystick drift. That's one of those situations where, like, uh, sometimes you, do, you just got to pay the extra bucks and get the the, the, the manufactured one. one from the company, yeah. Yeah. It's not like like buying off-brand cereal. Yeah. You need those Mad Cats controllers, man. They'll get you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that is a name I have not heard in Bro, a long time. Bro, I grew time. up poor. I grew up poor. Like, I don't even know what a real controller was. I had the, the Mad Cat's, like, see-through bullshit. <laughs> like, the only other special condition, special edition controller I remember wanting badly, which I did get. Fanny got it for me for Christmas one year, was the PS4 20th Anniversary Edition one. That's where it was in the gray scale that had the colored buttons and the PlayStation logo on the controller was the original PlayStation logo. So I have that. And now I have my Smash Bros. one, so I'm like, okay, I'm good. I don't need Let any me. more controllers, obviously, Let but I like having those special controllers because it's their, 
it's good old, just, good old nostalgia's bitch. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of nostalgia's bitch, I also I, I put on my Instagram yesterday that I got um, a, a foam art of the mural, like with all the Smash characters on it. Oh yeah, like, that was that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, you guys remember that mural where at the end of everything they put like the new character on, or it's like all the characters. Yeah. So I've been waiting to get this for a while, and the place I would go to once again, Dragon Sons. They had it when all the original characters, like the characters that were on the base game, no DLC characters were there, right? They had the base one, and I didn't get it. And I'm glad I waited, because now all the characters are there. All the DLC ones are there. I, so I, I know I know. eventually Smash will add more characters. Oh, yeah. Several. Um, <laughs> but I want yeah. them to announce next week, actually, we're going to add more characters, just because you bought this this week. <laughs> I all those, all those like, artists <laughs> you got it just kidding <laughs> you got to live like one week with i have all the characters oh no it was a good week it was a beautiful week. i mean the mural itself is is still it's still really cool like the second oh, i saw yeah the second i saw sora on there i'm like well i'm getting this I'm, i have to get this now so i did and it's right above you can't really see it but it's right above my tv and it looks really cool but yeah main uh media that i consumed was um, reading some my Sonic the Hedgehog comics. I'm all caught up there. I have Magic the Gathering next, and now also I'm cow- caught up more on Cowboy Bebop. And I and that's a recap. That. Yep. So, gentlemen, shall we get into our uh, bread and butter? Listen, we're not at Olive Garden, but when we're here, we're family. So yes, I'm ready. Damn it! Oh, oh, nope. Yep. <laughs> this is my first time. This is my first time being the Brandon. So it's like, oh crap. Okay. Okay. Sparks, do you see? Do you see me highlighting stuff on the Google Drive? Yeah, I do. Hell That's yeah! Me. It's synergy. Yeah, synergy world. <laughs> Since Brandon's not here, all three of us have like our show notes all pulled up in front of us, and I'm trying to write down. I'm also trying to write down the time codes I'll- too. So. I, I will go ahead and, and take the lead because I wrote the episode, but um, you know, if at any point you guys got to jump in, we'll, we'll do it. By the way, thank um, you for doing that because I was going to do that last night, and then it's like, hey, uh, Sparks over did. I was like, oh! Oh, yeah, you- no, I, I wanted to make sure that, yeah. I'm used to, I, I this is no slight, I think I usually pick up when Brandon's not able to. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mind at all. Uh, hey, Meg! Oh, yeah, Meg! <laughs> Mad chaos forever. He gets it. Um, he definitely gets it. So, uh, in classic Brandon, some sad news up top. Yeah. Um, Dean Stockwell passed away uh, due to natural causes on November 7th at age 85. Um, Dean Stockwell would be best known for his roles in Quantum Leap, Long Day's Journey into Night, The Twilight Zone, Blue Velvet, David Lynch's Dune, and the revival series of Battlestar Galactica, to name a few. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, I'll read a note from Brandon and then we'll give our own thoughts. Uh, Brandon said that Dean Sockwell was one of his favorite actors, having watched Quantum Leap growing up and, of course, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, an incredible actor, one who loved to chew scenery but could also break your heart. This is one of those that hits hard. Unfortunately, I don't know this actor very well, but I, I think I've only seen like maybe two or three episodes of Quantum Leap in my life. Um, but I do recognize how, like, seeing the love for this for this actor over the internet, I do recognize, like, oh, this guy was part of people's lives. Yeah. And it's always sad when someone that you've watched and loved for so long goes away, um, passes away. And I, I mean, I don't have any deep feelings for or for this gentleman's work, but I do see that this guy was a part of some amazing series, amazing things. 
and it's a bummer that he's gone. Definitely. Yeah, man. Uh, he was he, he he lasted a while, which is very nice. He has a huge legacy. Uh, I know him pretty well from David Lynch's work. He was in a bunch of his movies. He played uh, uh, Doctor Huey in Dune, uh, the, mm -hmm. the Diamond Man. Um, oh, okay. He has a, a iconic, really disturbing scene in Blue Velvet um, where he sings a, a Roy Orbison song. Um, 100%. That's the yeah. one I'm the most familiar with. Yeah. And, and yeah, uh, 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 Battlestar Galactica, uh, he had a, a chief role on that show uh, as number one. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Uh, uh, no, 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 uh, no legacy to sneeze at. No. no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Long, long life. Good career. Uh, it, it's always a shame to lose someone iconic. Uh, yeah. But... Glad, glad he made it to the age of 85. Yeah, 85 um, is nothing to sneeze at. And it sounds like it, it would have at least been a not horrendous death, uh, natural causes. That doesn't yeah. happen a lot. It's not, yeah. No. Um, okay. So ben, moving on to we got great news. news for you. Um, this is a, a correction from last week. So pretty Mighty much Ducks the day news. after we did last week's uh, report, um, this is a correction about Emilio Estevez. Uh, in a statement to Deadline, Estevez made clear that uh, the reason he's not coming back for the next Mighty Ducks season is uh, just a run-of-the-mill contract dispute, and it had nothing to do with anti-vax sentiments. Um, that's when he also revealed that he contracted COVID-19 last year, and he went through enduring long-haul symptoms while they were filming. Um, and he further admits that he wrongly, these are his words from here, wrongly chose to protect the show over being transparent about having contracted COVID-19. Um, so definitely like total opposite direction of what was being reported and what we talked about last week. Uh, sorry, Emilio. I hope that they don't kill your character due to COVID anymore. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Um, I, I will not. Okay. So when I read this, I will not lie. Part of me breathed a huge sigh of relief. Cause I really like Emilio Estevez. I really like Gordon Bombay. And when a character, an actor who plays a character you have, you really love and you have had this um, connection with for so many years, especially in today's day and age with this, with our climate and the whole freaking thing that's been going on with the world. It's at first I'm like, Oh no, why? But now it's like, Oh, thank God. Ah, dang it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it's, I love that this happened literally like the day after it was reported because you know, Emilio saw that and he's like, Oh, that's some bullshit. <laughs> I could be a lot of things, but an anti-vaxxer, I will not be labeled. Well, I'm not that kind of person. So like respect on him, like call his PR yeah. person. And like, yeah. it sucks because like, this is literally the opposite of this new story. He oh, had yeah. COVID and he didn't get it. He didn't have a light COVID. He had like, like, like the worst version of it. Mm -hmm. where he, like he was sick for a long time. And I'm like, Ugh, I hate the Hollywood news cycle is really awful sometimes. And I'm it glad is. this was, was able to come out as quickly as it did. And yeah. I would definitely say, uh, I mean, yes, him being on set while he was sick is, was wrong, but him coming out and admitting that he was wrong. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can, I can respect that. Yeah. Cause it, it's harder to, it's like, it's, we keep seeing that, that trend on like Instagram and TikTok where it's, where it's like the three hardest things to say is I was wrong. I'm sorry. And we're just, sh 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 <laughs> well, it's also, it's also a question of like, I don't want to dig into this too much, but like, it's a mm -hmm. question of, you know, how much was he kind of pressured into, yeah not revealing it so that the show would continue production. Yep. And how much was that, you know, the studio wanting to keep the show going so that it could get out mm. and putting kids at risk? Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, um, who knows? Uh, did they, How much did they know? Who knew if he had COVID or not? And did, did he not reveal kind of thing? Um, mm. Who knows? Uh, but... I, I I question if that might be why he wanted more money. 
mm-hmm. for a second season and like what that led to. Uh, it's a it's a shame, yeah. but I'm oh, glad that he's not an anti vaxxer so. yeah, Now that you sparse, now that you mention that, I, this is a complete side tangent. It has nothing to do with Emilio, but actually, a story just broke in in the NHL that for over a decade the Chicago Blackhawks have been covering up sexual abuse allegations to their players. Uh oh. And that team and during that time the team won a Stanley Cup. So the NHL has just now broke the story and they and shit is hitting the fan in Chicago right now. Hot so dog. the second that you said how Amelia was probably pressured to keep it covered with him being sick with COVID so they could do the show, it reminded me is like how the higher ups on the Blackhawks organization were covering up their GMs and some of their coaches who knew of the abuse going on and effectively ruined one of a, a player's career who is now playing third tier hockey in Germany right now. Yeah. I mean, so, the unfortunate reality is always that, you know, no matter how much a company says that, you know, they care, like it's all about that bottom line, baby. It's always going to be about yeah. that bottom line and anything going on beyond that is an inconvenience. Uh, mm-hmm. As someone who just watched uh, like three seasons or two seasons of succession, which is literally all about business stuff like this and corporate cover-ups. Gross. Very yeah. gross. Awful. Yeah. People. I hate people. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I hate yeah, capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I know none of us are Blackhawks fans, but that side tangent, because I watched a hey, video on that today I, and I had no idea. I'm like, oh shit. When I was younger, because my family is from Chicago, I mm-hmm. was a fan, but then you know me, I'm not in a sports man no more. Nope. I grew out of it. Go um <laughs> moving on from Emilio Estevez. Oh, uh, we're going to New Zealand. Peter Jackson's Weta Digital VFX studio has been sold to the tech firm Unity for $1.65 billion. Oh um, my god. About this, Peter Jackson stated, quote, together Unity and Weta Digital can create a pathway for any artist from any industry to be able to leverage these incredibly creative and powerful tools. Offering aspiring creatives access to Weta Digital's technology will be nothing short of game-changing, and Unity is just a company to bring this vision to life. This is incredible. Yeah, that sounds really encouraging because, like, I was I was nervous about this when I saw the headline, but hearing that, like, the purpose is to make these tools accessible yes. to artists. Yes. Great. So this is why this is fantastic. Okay, so, uh, wait a, uh, uh, Peter Jackson found this company, uh, uh, revolutionized special effects right next to ILM, you know, but for the modern age. Um, I love that Peter Jackson started off as, like, this low-budget horror filmmaker, and then he, with Lord of the Rings, he revolutionized special effects. It blows my mind, and now he's got paid, or he helped get paid two, almost $2 billion for it. It's incredible. Unity is the biggest video game engine it's 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 on pcs it is the like quintessential one that video game developers use and it is becoming so advanced and now unity is also being used in movies because now that we're getting to the point where like open world games can look as good as like you know uh worlds in like movies so combining these two uh different like softwares together is awesome it's beautiful it's, it's like the future for for special effects in games and movies is changing like it's really cool i think it's awesome well, I, I agree, and I think that, like, the the key part of, like, making it more accessible for teaching purposes and for artists to be able to use will hopefully bring even more spotlight to, like, treating digital artists better in the yes. industry down the road. So I think this is all net positive at the moment. On, on the Epic Store, um, uh, you can download Unity for free, and you can make your own game for free, and they have basic software. So with Weta coming in, this isn't this isn't a thing that might, that is going to actually happen. But it's a theoretical, like so many like uh, like pre-made like you know mountains, you know like like rivers. So many things can be put into games for free or for cheap, and this is again going to make making games so much easier. 
Because like right. having to handcraft like a giant mountain or a river is impossible when you we can when you can put in like an image of it and it looks incredible like that cuts your time in half. So like again, this is only like I this is I've seen people talking about this for like it's so cool. Right, it, I think it's great, and the, you know we're getting to that point where like yeah, you can film on your iPhone, and now maybe you can make movies look blockbuster level on your iPhone if you want to put in the time. Yeah. So good job. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping for the best from this. I think this sounds really promising. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has some casting news. Um, oh, Lord, do they. Chakwudi Iwuji uh, has you come from... You nailed that. Damn. I think I, I want if to anybody, sure. if, if anybody who's going to get names right, it's going to be Sparks. <laughs> yeah, because I, I saw that. I, I was looking through the show notes and everything last night, just making sure I was prepared, and because I didn't know who was actually supposed to lead today. And I was like, I saw that name, I'm like... Oh, so if, this is how Brandon feels when he's. If, I, if like I'm being that. honest, this is this is on the easier side of names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> this I, is not this hard. Does not bode well for the uh, One Piece cast announcement later. We'll yeah, no, um, no, it does not. Uh, uh, he's come from working with uh, James Gunn on the upcoming Peacemaker show. If you watch the DC fandom stuff, you saw a pretty good glimpse of him uh, and his involvement. He's joining the Guardians in a role that Gunn said, "quote Most every big name actor in Hollywood wanted," which has me pretty excited uh i'm i'm just happy like this is just this is just good this is yeah. all around good mm -hmm. i'm glad that james gunn likes working with somebody enough he wanted to bring them over to guardians Hell yeah. um, i'm very curious what that role is so um obviously every marvel movie gets tons of speculation and him saying every big name uh actor in hollywood want makes me think it's a it's a big character yeah. um it's not silver surfer a lot of people want want to point to silver surfer but i think they're going to keep that stuff tied i think he's going to be nova i think he's going to be richard Ryder. Ooh, because that rumor has been persisting hard that Novacore is in this movie, that Richard Ryder is in it some capacity. Um, making him not a white guy would be a, a great move because it doesn't really matter to his character. I do want to know so much more about the Novacore after the events of Infinity War. So. Yeah. If they're all dead, but one guy, the, he's the guy. Yeah, yeah. he, he is the cool. Novacore. So yeah. Um, slightly in related news, Sylvester Stallone released an Instagram video the other day from the set that seems to confirm his involvement, which I'll be honest, I wasn't even thinking about, but I realized, oh, I really do want that because I want follow-up on that post-credits tease. The, the Guardians I, 3000, the original Guardians, yeah. I completely forgot about Sylvester Stallone being Guardians Volume 2, and then when I saw that, I'm like, oh, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I want more of that. I also Young think man, this... Yeah. This I hope this is laying potential path forward for a different director to come in and take do more Guardian stuff that wouldn't be involving necessarily our, our Chris Pratt Star Lord or our, oh, yeah. our Dave Batista Drax. hundred percent. I I don't think like I would love to see it obviously, but I don't think that the Guardians three thousand squad, which is like you know, Michelle Yeoh and and Sylvester Stallone would get a movie, but they can definitely get a Disney Plus show. Hundred percent. Or 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 at least be a team we follow in another movie and then like they're popular enough they end up getting a movie oh like, yeah How however Avengers, it goes yeah yeah yeah. Um, thing. yeah yeah i meant to move these in order a little bit so i'm gonna jump for a second so the dead boy detectives is a show coming to hbo max um it's apparently going through recasting this is the uh hbo max spinoff series from doom patrol um they appeared ryan and i haven't watched this episode yet but they appear in the third episode of this current season of doom patrol um and apparently that episode is like dovetailing into leading what the spinoff series would be about. Well, they're looking at recasting the three leads to be more diverse. Um, cool. So, Nito, uh, I will have more opinions later. Yeah, I don't. Um, I we haven't met them yet, so I don't even know what they would even look like initially. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm cool I, I guess I, kind of a bummer for the actors who 
got picked and then introduced in the Doom Patrol series. And like, it always bums me out that we have that that weird inconsistencies when we move from Doom Patrol into something else, Titans or vice versa. Different... Titans to Doom Patrol, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, Wonder Woman three announced that Linda Carter is officially part of the cast. That's pretty much it. Just Linda Carter's in the cast. I think everybody kind of assumed that was going to happen, yeah. but now it's official. She's um, playing that original Amazon lady. Yes, she and, is. In related news, uh, Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron film has been delayed definitely, according to THR, due to her other commitments and is no longer guaranteed to hit the December 2023 release date. Uh, yeah, they would have to know. get on that thing real soon. Well, they were saying, like, yes, this was supposed to be made before Wonder Woman 3. It sounds like that might no longer be the case. Yeah. Are we all a little nervous about Rogue Squadron? Because hearing the term shelved indefinitely scares me a little bit. Well, I mean, it just means that, like, that's a huge blockbuster movie that needs a lot of time to film and the pandemic screwed it up. So they don't True. have those eight, eight months to a year that they don't have. So they, they can't say, Oh, we'll do that next year. Cause they've already filled that slot. Right. So like they need to find the time. So indefinitely doesn't mean never the last right. of us two was shelved indefinitely. And then it came out two months later. Like I think it's that's in- just, it's just a bad phrase. I think okay. it's entirely possible that Patty Jenkins is still figuring out what she wants the Rogue Squadron movie to be and might have a better idea of what she wants Wonder Woman 3 to be. And that's just where the priority ends up. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that this won't happen. I just don't think it's going to happen on that date anymore. I don't think it's going to be December 2023, and that's fine. Right. Probably um, like two years later, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure, it's... even if Patty Jenkins ends up leaving, I'm sure there's a Rogue Squadron movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I mean, I would love now that to see it's, now that it's announced. It happens. Yeah, I yes. would love to see Patty Jenkins Rogue Rogue, bleh, Rogue Squadron, but also the fact that we're getting Rogue Squadron anything. I'm like, I'm down. I'm not gonna say no to that. I love well, Battle Rebels. They made a Squadrons game that you still haven't played. They have, yeah. <laughs> so don't say yeah. that. <laughs> but I mean, I like more stuff. I like more of this more star. I like more. I know, of the I'm more stuff. No, After I'm like, when I hear things like, "Hey, we're getting Rogue Squadron as a film. We're getting all this other side stuff." It, like the main Star Wars stuff, I still love, but all the love and care into these side projects, like these these spinoffs or tie-ins, like we'll just like comic book tie-ins essentially. I am adoring these. I love the Mandalorian. Rogue One is still my favorite spinoff Ooh. Star Wars film. I know there's not a lot, but it's my favorite because that movie is so freaking good. And I just it, love seeing all this new Star Wars stuff that's outside of the main episodes. Mm-hmm. You you do kind of step into the trajectory of like the broader thing behind a lot of what we're talking about today because we're mostly talking about marketing yeah. um, because this is Disney Plus Day topic. Yeah. And uh, and it this was announced at the Investor Day last year, and maybe it shouldn't have been like. Mm. Uh, even then, it was a logo, and Patty Jenkins is involved, and she's got a passion about it because of. And uh, the pandemic was still happening at the same time yeah, last right. year, so it's like yeah, and so kinda, it's like yeah. yes, and so I think we're reaching this point where like that that argument that we have that video games are learning about like not marketing too soon. I think we're reaching that argument with movies and television, and that's kind yeah. of going to be a driving force of what we'll talk about today, and we'll get there. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. maybe investor days should be for investors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, maybe Disney Plus days also shouldn't happen. Um, yeah. Star Trek Prodigy uh, for Brandon. Just so this is out there, season two was ordered after being a major hit, apparently with Paramount Plus subscribers. Only the first half of the season is out, to my knowledge, and it's already blasting off. So they're getting a second season of that Nickelodeon joint children's show. Good for Set your phasers to season two. Uh, also with a season two confirmed is Squid Game um, from the creator. Ooh. It is in the planning process. There is no estimated time for filming or any of that, but there, it is happening. 
So the it, this is so funny because uh, if you know the story behind Squid Game, the the creator took about ten years for it to finally get made, uh, and immediately after the show came out it was a success, people asked him, "So do you have an idea for the second one?" He said, "None whatsoever." I have spent 10 years trying to get this made. I have not thought about the afterwards because why would I? I haven't got it made yet. Yeah. So the fact that it gets announced and he's saying don't don't ask about it makes me happy because if this were coming out next year, I would be really worried because right. that show is extremely tight and it's really emotional and it's not something you can bang out in a year. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's good that it's definitely like up front like, oh yeah, I'm I'm working on it, but I am like thinking about it like that's yeah. that's where we're at we're at the me thinking about it part. i'm also yeah. extremely glad because this is netflix's most like watched thing ever like around the world and like it would get a sequel no matter what so like the fact that the creator is still there he didn't get booted out makes me super happy too yeah. also uh, side note, note about this um good for korea mm-hmm. because you got parasite that came out a few years ago now you got squigging which is the most watched and most talked about thing all over the world Korea's been kicking ass. Ben, as someone <laughs> who doesn't like movie, sh- no, no, I'm saying South Korean cinema has been has hot been- for a long time, my guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then uh, we finally know, put Korea, one of their, know, we Korea. finally put one of their heroes in an MCU movie, and we kill him. Um, that's yeah, okay, thank that's you, Sparks. Bullshit. That's why I'm mad about it. Yeah, that's bull. That's bullshit. And yes, I know I need to watch Train to Busan. I won't. I won't watch that movie. Um, Paramount had some delays. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast has been delayed a year to June 9th, 2023. I don't find this incredibly shocking. Um, mm-hmm. I I would be very surprised that that movie would come out June 9th, 2022. <laughs> I think that we're seeing still the ambitious deadlines being pushed back, which is honestly good. Um, yeah, don't, take, don't fight take your the time. pandemic. Yeah. Take your time to make them after the pandemic. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of that, that was the Star Trek films date. So Star Trek has been pushed back six months to December 22nd, 2023. This is supposedly the fourth Star Trek film. This is the one that also, is a sequel to the Chris Pine trilogy. Do you know what movie comes out on December 22nd, 2023? No. Untitled Star Wars movie. Oh, right. I remember. Yes. Guess what? Uh, one, guess what? One of these movies is not coming out that day. <laughs> uh, the untitled Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was. Oh, that was the Rogue Squadron film. Was it Rogue Squadron? Yeah, because we just mentioned earlier, it oh, yeah. is no longer guaranteed to hit that December 2023 oh, okay. release date. Okay, I so a different one. there it is. It's right there. there go. Paramount on. saw the writing on the wall. They're like, go, 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 go. <laughs> um, this is an interesting one, and I'm not familiar with the property, but I did think it was interesting. Ben Stiller is directing and starring in an adaptation of the 1960s British superhero sci-fi series called The Champions. Kate Blanchett is also already signed on to co-star with him. I don't know a gosh darn thing about these guys. I don't, I don't know anything up. about it either. It's it's very much a 60s era superhero spy sci-fi show. Okay. Uh, I, I type in the champions and it's obviously the Marvel young teen book. So um, I just really got to know. Hold on. Uh, Kate Blanchett said comments about like being pretty stoked to work with Ben Stiller. Uh, this is just a weird one. Uh, but it's it's within our genre. So here we are. Uh, All right. We'll see. We'll see what that's going to be like. Uh, I, await good, a, I await a trailer. Good for Ben Stiller, then, I guess? I don't know. I didn't have no idea. It is, it, is, it is surprising. This is not the direction I thought Ben Stiller would go anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that he was much more into, like, non-traditional uh, films at this point, non-blockbuster I'll tell you what. Uh, singers. It's yeah. been over 20 years since he made Mystery Men, and he's jonesing for that again. He, Mystery Men is so good. He's like, I want to do that again. And I'm I'm really interested in the combination of Ben Stiller and Cate Blanchett energy. I think that'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, so I found what the comic looks like. It is like 
it didn't look like a superhero sci-fi thing. It looked like a British like crime thing, but I maybe didn't. I didn't see they, a lot. They of say it. that they're like they're on the level of like they have like super villains, and the, the tech makes them basically superheroes. I guess cool. everybody's like Batman and Iron Man, but like sixties um, versions. That's cool. Yeah, it? yeah. Um, Wheel of Time, the Amazon show. Uh, this just got an announced. Uh, premieres on November 19th, and it's going to be joined by animated shorts that are exploring the prehistory of the series that are dropping the same day. Um, the details mm. on it are that you will be able to use the X-Ray option on your Fire TV remote or tap on your mobile device while watching, and you'll immediately get to see those animated shorts that explain prehistory of things that you're watching. Woo-woo. The art, there is a little like visual trailer of what, what it looks like. It's kind of like concept art in motion. Um, it looks cool. So, um, Wheel of Time is very dense, so I think anything to flesh out that world is good. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, They did this thing uh, HBO did back when Game of Thrones was hot hot and heavy, uh, where they had uh, Microsoft Smart Glass, and if you downloaded that on your tablet, uh, when you watched Game of Thrones, there was like a second screen like service with Game of Thrones. So every time a character was on screen, it told you who the character was and where they were on the map. So yeah. you knew at all times everything that you needed to know in case you were like, it was too dense for you. And I'm right. like, that's awesome. That's a yeah. lot of work to do every episode. But like, I, I think I, it's awesome. Well, I forgot like what that. season of Game of Thrones I had that came with it. Because there was like a special little, uh, it was a DVD that was um, narrated by a bunch of the actors from Game of Thrones. Where like each house had someone essentially explain the history of their house. Like the big events. Like, because you're talking about the Targaryens. It's like, oh yes, when so-and-so fought. And like if you're just watching the show and you're not paying to any attention to the ancillary material, you're like, who the hell is that guy? What are they talking about that guy for? So it's kind of, so hearing like more stuff like, like with wheel of time where it's like, Hey, you, you can like watch a short little thing, explain the history for it, especially with these dense fantasy worlds that have like thousands upon thousands of years of prehistory before you watch the actual thing. I kind of dig and it kind of helps flesh the story out a little bit more too. I will, I will also devil's advocate this. Um, cause you know, we just watched something like Dune and it makes me think of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. This makes me wonder, is this show too dense and it can't stand on its own? So it needs these pre-animated things to try to ease you into it. That's not actually what's happening, but that's just me playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to suspect that it's just like extra optional. Yeah. We'll see. They got, um, they I got the, a huge budget. They got to spend my, it. Yeah. My impression is not that you'll need to watch them. It just might be more fun to do it than going yeah. to Wikipedia if you have a question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Captain America 4. Uh, I just thought this was worth discussing a little because Marvel Studios Vice President of Production and Development, uh-huh. um, Nate Moore, put his foot in his mouth when he spoke on the next Captain America film, highlighting the core of Sam's character. He expressed that Sam is an underdog, not a super soldier, which is cool, but he took it further to suggest that he'll have to be put through the ringer and earn his place. Um... That's sparks sparks i got a sparks them. i got a question yeah i remember a couple months ago we did a fake nerds watch for a television series called falcon and the winter wait falcon and the winter soldier right yeah at the end of that show what did it say at the end of it captain oh, america and the winter did. soldier That's i'm right. just saying mark you mark mark nate moore nate moore made nate that moore. show what are you doing yeah. bro he doesn't uh, gotta re-earn it he's earned it i mean like and i definitely think this is just him like talking and not thinking about what he's saying and yes that's definitely fair and like he's really what he's thinking about is he's like i do think it makes sense that he's like i want to showcase like him not being a super soldier and what he has to do yes. in that being that underdog and i'm like i agree he's not a super soldier that is different mm-hmm. from steve he has to do different things um solid but this idea and i think it's more that it's so common 
especially with legacy characters where it's like they gotta earn it and i'm like <sighs> and then it, like i saw a great twitter comment where it's like that I love when they do this arc with Nightwing at least once or twice every 10 years where he's got to earn being Nightwing. Um, And like, you just, no, he doesn't. He doesn't need to earn being Captain America uh, right now. That's not the the story. Um, Hopefully that's not what the crux of the film is. I really, I really hope so too. Cause if someone in that movie says you got to earn that shit, I was like, he did. He earned it when Steve got to him. That that being said, real quick, that being said, I don't want the movie to just be filled with people who just love him as Captain America. I do want it to be a mix still. I yeah, still want there to be people who like, because I want us to pay off that, that, you know, they'll never accept a black Captain America. And like, there's definitely people that won't. Those mm-hmm. people should still be in the film. And that should still be a thing that he has to think about. But there should also be people who are like, nah, he already Captain America. Like we done um, that. It should be both. Because, like, yeah, like, I absolutely want to see like, you know, some dude going, you're not my Captain America. And then he has like, he's got the shield. Like, I'm pretty sure I am. Sorry, like I, but he, I, I don't. Again, I also don't want the whole movie to be just that either, because like that's what the show, the show was kind of that. Exactly, Let, and I don't, I don't want it to feel like the movie's point is that he has to earn it to us. Yeah, the audience should already be fine. Yeah, there's yeah. nobody that the audience needs to be. Convinced like the first arc is over. Now it should be, that. it should be who is he as Captain America? Right, he's exactly. already Captain America. Yeah, he's already Captain America, and like there, there will still be people. There will always be people who will say he shouldn't be, and that's yeah. fine. And like they can be present in the story, but they shouldn't be the focus of the story. I, the thing that worries me is that like this is just going to be like a tr- like a like a higher budgeted, higher budgeted, truncated version of what the TV show was, but with a different villain. That definitely worries me too. One hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're living in that same concern. Yeah, yeah. America. Uh, Netflix's One Piece show has announced (sighs) its cast. Um, Unbelievable. As reported by Variety, the streaming service announced the five main cast members who will portray One Piece's Straw Hat Pirates. Uh, Inaki Godoy uh, from Go Youth and Who Killed Sarah, which I'm not familiar with, is playing Monkey D. Luffy. Uh, Makenyu from Rurouni Kenshin's final chapter and Pacific Rim Uprising is Rorona Zoro. Uh, Emily Rudd from Fear Street and Hunters as Nami. Jacob Romero Gibson as, from Greenleaf and All Rise as uh, Usopp. And Ta- Taz Skyler as, from Boiling Point and Villain as Sanji. Um, this is a really cool, diverse cast. Yeah. I totally forgot that they were making a One Piece show. Yeah, I still, I still stand by like the question of uh, why are we doing this for a thing that cannot possibly be done in live action? Of nope. all the sh- of all the manga slash animes to do, this there, like I, I made a joke about this when I first heard like th- this is gonna get like two seasons, right? Like there's like it's the longest ex- shown in manga ever. Like nine hundred nine hundred episodes of the anime? Like, are you kidding me? What are you like, gonna they, do? They just, no, they just broke a thousand episodes of the anime. Um, I love it. There's I love over it. a thousand episodes of One Piece out, and it's still going. I it's know. I know. Done. The creator for One Piece said when we hit the halfway point, it was a while ago. But uh, I'm not convinced One Piece ever ends. That's awesome. I love it. Let it. Let it. I feel like end. the day One Piece ends is good. Like the world is just like gonna be like, thank God, it's finally over. That is the ultimate. The ultimate. Like it's about the journey, not the destination. Anime. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. I think it's cool. I think this definitely needs to go the way of like um, the first Full Metal Alchemist anime, for example, where like you kind of got to come up with your own ending. Yeah, like you can't you can't be chasing that manga story because you will never do it uh, in live action. But this yeah, is I, a cool this is a cool cast. 
yeah. yeah it, it makes me wonder like that they're not even they're not even of course they're not going to attempt to make it like 100 seasons or whatever like no. they just boil it down to like we're gonna make five seasons and it's just like the core of every but like how what do you what do you cut like, and again it's not over so you still have to like find your own ending uh even with the crater being involved i doubt that there it's going to be a game of thronesy situation i think um, it's i think it's i think it's really cool that this is happening but it's just like yeah. the ballsiest anime manga to do it's crazy this is uh, uh this is not necessarily the same team but it is coming out of the same studio making the cowboy bebop netflix show um real quick ben let me read this uh steven Maida will serve as a live action series showrunner along with his co-writer and fellow executive producer matt owens quote we are so excited to set sail with this amazing and talented cast finding the right people to pull off the looks emotions and actions of the iconic straw hats was a long and challenging and fun process much like the search for the one piece itself but we have finally found the perfect fits uh i think this cast looks really good yeah yeah speaking of the cast mag actually has something to say about the cast uh, this is why i like one piece their crew is diverse in nationality by creator standards oh, yeah. i love it um man like there's netflix has announced and unannounced anime adaptations going on right now um and i'm just like they're man they're going so hard with this and cowboy bebop and like yu yu haka shows in development right now i'm like oh they have one of them's got to be good right Right, please, yeah. please. We we will I see. Time the, will tell. Yeah, I, I remember watching the live action Bleach one. I mean, it was a Japanese cast, but Netflix put it out, and it was all right. Mm. I yeah. didn't hate it. It was it stopped right when uh Biakuya took Rukia back to the Soul Society. I don't so know what I mean. Yeah, I'm just speaking. You're speaking Spanish to me right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, Bleach really lost its way hardcore. Yes, um, if if I did. Bleach, honestly, I see what you're saying, Ben, because like Bleach, I could see a three-season arc, and it's the first three seasons of the anime, and then you call it. Mm -hmm. You 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 rescue Rukia from the Soul Society, and you call it a day. Yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho, I see easy how you could do seasons. A hundred percent. Yu Yu Hakusho, easy. Easy. Hakusho, easy. Yeah. Outlaw Star, easy. Attack on Titan, even. Easier than Hidekeyano made two movies that aren't very good, but he did it easy. Yeah, yeah Attack on Titan because they even said they're, the anime is ending. The manga, I'm pretty sure, is all Demon Slayer. Even you could probably do Demon Slayer too if you want. Attack, Attack on Titan is over. The manga. Yeah, Attack on Titan's done. So <laughs> the manga um, for Demon Slayer just ended. So I think you, you can do that. But uh, uh, Bleach with how many volumes of manga? Um, moving on from One Piece news. Spider-Man No Way Home is getting its new trailer out on Tuesday, November 16th. And to commemorate it, they're having a big old event. Uh, the uh, home trailer will premiere with a major fan event at the Regal Sherman Oaks in Los Angeles. The event occurs at 5 p.m. and promises big surprises. Bro. Um, bro. They, so bro. The, the leaks... This is such a mess. It is. The leaks are out of control, and like 90% of them are fake. I am. I now I'm posting fake ones that like you saw the one Sparks of a Goku was in it. Um, yeah. There are so many people now just putting out fake things just to because the hype is real. Like a lot of these leaks aren't real. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in the movie. Oh, 100%. So like I think they are so tired 
of having to do this thing. They're doing interviews, not talking about it. Everybody knows it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood. I feel bad for Andrew Garfield because Andrew Garfield's the one who's had to go out on a press circuit for tick, tick, boom. film. Yeah. Tick, tick, boom. And like do all this stuff. And people only want to talk to him about Spider-Man. And I'm like, man, I feel bad because like, yeah. especially like some of the stuff he's released, like we're not going to get into it in our news, but he's released a lot of statements about like his time doing Spider-Man and, and where it was hard for him. And I'm like, I feel bad because I bet he was really excited to be asked to do this. Yeah. And it was a fun thing to have filmed a year ago or so. <laughs> yeah. And, uh and now it's just like such a slog until he gets to just be honest about it and what yeah. what a uh, i think i will say like i just want to get this out there because we're talking about this um i think like not confirming toby and andrew were in it once that first trailer came out was a mistake mm -hmm. uh i think that was just like this this hype fervor is just honestly like tiresome i think yeah. in general for everybody yeah, yeah. but especially for like people involved and i'm like nobody wants to have to have tom holland constantly being interviewed and having to make shit up you know what yeah. you know what and like I, I i bring it up always as a joke but like i really wonder how much alfred molina has to do with the marketing and i'm, I'm being serious because that dude went hard in an interview saying all of this shit he should not have said that now don't forget jamie fox blew it first also a year ago i, I just yes. resaw that jamie, yeah, yeah. jamie fox is the first one who blew yeah. it, uh by saying that he was coming back and he wouldn't be blue and yeah. that that opened the door to all of this uh and yeah. then alfred molina of course but i'm like i i understood until the first trailer and i'm like at the first trailer like even if they're not in it just say they're in it so that like these people these poor people don't have to be harassed and the, the internet problem. doesn't have to go insane yeah, yeah. mags uh has something to say about spider-man he's like still need to know the sixth member of the sinister six is um go, going on going on spider-man because you because sparks i i haven't looked at the leaks i've actually been actively trying to avoid anything there's nothing spider-man there's nothing except that like oh here's a picture of andrew garfield spider-man which is it's it's probably yeah. fake like those yeah. are what the leaks are yeah once again there's, um, there's two photos i'm pretty convinced by but i sought them out and i won't talk about i them. if again, it's the one where I'm, people are sitting at a table that is 100 percent photoshop once again i'm not seeking anything out yeah. However, Sparks mentioned something about how bad he feels for Andrew Garfield because he's doing a press tour for Tick, Tick, Boom, and no one wants to talk about the movie. They just want to talk about Spider-Man. It reminds me of when Emily Blunt was doing stuff for Quiet Place Part 2, but everyone was asking her, so are yes. you going to be an invisible woman in Fantastic Four? And she got fed up and blew, and then she didn't blow up, but she straight up still was like, stop asking me this. Let's talk about the movie I'm, talk I'm doing now. No, I mean, like, and she's right. And she said, no, never now, because you... Because y'all be ruined it. Yeah, yeah y'all ruined it. Um, and, yeah. and I think that, like, Sony's whole thing with this has been a marketing misstep, especially when, like, some of these leaks feel purposeful. The ones that have been mm -hmm. real, the ones that have been, like, like, the leak of the trailer in, like, broken early effects before yeah. the trailer dropped, like... Some of these feel purposeful in a in a weird way. Um, the Andrew Garfield one, I think, is the most egregious one. Where like the the people who do uh, the corridor crew, right? Yeah, Brian, yeah. Uh, they yeah. came out and they like made the video about how like this can't possibly be anything but a real video. Yeah, uh, and it's too... and it's like and it's yeah. like of course because like and and it's like this is this was leaked out on purpose. Uh, and it and it makes people talk it's about working. it, sure, but it's like it's but but like just saying they're in the movie, it would have been enough. See, and like, I think thing. this was also, a terrible misstep. Like that trailer shows us villains from another prop from another franchise. Like Doc Ock's in it. Green Goblin's in it. You're not going to put those characters and not have the Spider-Man in it. Right. That's right. the dumbest thing that anyone would ever do. Like so the like, second Alfred Molina goes, hello, Peter. Everyone's like, oh shit, Tony McGuire's back. 
Yeah, like, and he's probably talking to him in that scene, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> like, so this this trailer, I wouldn't even be shocked if, like, you don't actually see their faces, but you see, like, like a shoulder or something stupid, right? Because they don't want to give away everything. But they are making a big deal about this trailer, which means it's as big as everyone says it is. Mm -hmm. And, like, if 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 Toby and Andrew aren't in the trailer, they are at the event. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, it, it, there's no way you have this kind of event, and it's not that big. Um, and what's even even potentially more exciting, if they are willing to show us, if they are willing to show us what's in the movie, imagine what they aren't actually showing us. And that's what really gets me excited. Because there is stuff in this movie that's going to, that's like, Daredevil might be in this movie. And that blows my I'm effing mind. I'm, I'm so convinced Charlie Cox is in <laughs> Dude, this movie, bro. <laughs> he's also, I feel bad for him too. He's also doing interviews. And like, he's yeah, like, yeah. God, I'm not, I, Daredevil's been done. Wink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's it's rough. It's rough. To be fair, like, he's had to deal with that kind of questioning for, for years. Ever, but it's yeah. even worse with No Way Home. Yes, 100%. Like, just let these let these poor actors breathe it's you a gotta have more you gotta like, have more what? like my concern i think my biggest concern of no way home is that is that the substance of the film will boil down to these reveals mm -hmm. and there won't be good text to it yeah yeah. i yeah. am concerned about that i am concerned about this movie being too cluttered more about and bombast like, than and like, like yeah and like the the treat is that they're here and i'm like cool make is it matter though. more to that though yes absolutely we'll yeah um moving on from that i cannot believe that there's a fan event where people are going to go stand in line and sit in watch a, a trailer and watch a three-minute trailer and then right. have them say things at them i did it I'll, i will do that for comic-con not for... i'll do it yeah i'll do it at comic-con i'm not going to go like out of my way to go to the sherman oaks for a single Ben, trailer. what did you go stand in line for a trailer to go see well, it, Brandon called for me if I wanted to go last minute. It was the BVS trailer at the. Uh, it was a year before the Jesus BVS. Wept. Jesus wept. He <laughs> he called me up because it was a free event, and he was like, "Do you want to come and go there with me?" And I said, "Sure." We went. We saw the trailer twice in IMAX, and then it's like, "Hey, you're the first going to be the first ones to see the movie. It's not the premiere, but you get to go see the movie first. And we got the po these really cool posters, and we you were got a free ticket first. to the movie. Yeah, we got a free ticket. Okay, that's kind of cool. I didn't know yeah, that. We got oh, a free cool. ticket. We got free. We got free posters, and also Brandon and I, um, we got I mean, to joke, go on. Joke DC was kind of on you, but yeah, go on. Yeah, the joke was on us, but we also got to go on DCL Access on that episode too. So oh, that was cool. cool. Yeah, both of us were on that. That was really nice. right. So yeah, we. I mean, we didn't sit in line and wait. We knew what was happening. Brandon called me, and also it was an excuse for us to hang out because we were out of college at this point. So also, I, this was pre. Point. Thinking that movie was it was going to be bad. We exactly. <laughs> yeah. This this was pretty. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be very cool to do this event. I just I. This feels on the same level of like trailers for trailers. I hate. I hate. Guess what? For marketing. At five o'clock when that trailer launches online, I'm gonna sit in my couch and I'm gonna watch it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Me yeah. too. And go. I'll watch. And I'll watch the footage from the event of where they did the stuff where they brought Toby and Andrew out and they said. Yo, what up? We in this movie. Y'all already knew. I don't know who we were fooling. Yeah. <laughs> it weren't you. <laughs> the only one you got me hanging on the hook about is Charlie Cox. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving on to some rumors. Uh, mm -hmm. Letitia Wright. Um, supposedly her unvaccinated status may be delaying filming further. This all has to do with like um, the restrictions because uh, she went back to the UK when she got injured on set and now London. may no longer be able to come back out of the UK due to COVID restrictions and all that kind of stuff because of her uh, unvaccinated sabs. There are multiple rumors about the film being reworked 
that came out this week. I'm not going to break them all down. There were a bunch of them. Uh, reworked around minimizing her by the end and placing someone else in the lead as the new Black Panther, which is also not confirming that Letitia Wright will be the new one, but everybody's been kind of thinking that. Uh, and there's there's rumors pointing to that not being the case. So uh, just just one of the other rumors, we don't have to break it down like a lot, but real quick, uh, that T'Challa's son that he doesn't know about is going to get introduced, which is something that happened in the comics recently. Right. Um, so... Uh, this makes sense. I, I'm really worried about this movie. I am too. I feel like the whole thing, I, I think it was a mistake to not Delay push it. it back uh, after Chadwick passed and like reassess what they wanted to do. Um, yeah. I think yeah. they maybe, I think they threw themselves into it when they were too emotional about it. Um, I, I'm sure that there can still be a solid film out of it, but I, I do, I am concerned that like so much of the film has to do like so much cleanup work. And I, I think they just put it on themselves too soon. And especially yeah. in the midst of all the pandemic stuff happening, like I just think it was a bad call. And I still remain that I think it's a bad call to not just recast T'Challa. Yeah. That we have uh, to do a funeral for the character. Uh, people are also, uh, man, this is so funny. Everyone's just like, oh, let's just recast Sherwell Radicus. Who really cares? Um, so you can see on Twitter, who people like the tweets that they like. So people went to Letitia Wright's Twitter account. She's been liking tweets saying recast Sheree. She is so, she apparently is out so hard of uncaring. Like, uh, and I was like, man, that's, it's so unfortunate, especially after Chad McBoseman passed away from being sick. This is, mm -hmm. a, this is an issue of being sick. And I'm yeah. like, it's just so, she's the, she was going to be the biggest star of a Marvel movie. And like, she, she couldn't put, let the, let this thing slide for like, it's just, it's so, I, I it's so insane. That, I respect that she has her opinions. Uh, you know, I, I don't agree with them, but like, yeah, I, I get it. And like, it sucks that your opinions are now put on the world stage, but they were, and it is what it is. Like you're making your choices. And like, like, like the, yeah, like the, the studios have like strict <sighs> mandates. And like, when you're the star of a movie, you are like, it's, it's, it's a sticky, it's a fickle situation, but it's also like, Come on, girl. Come on. Yeah. Um, in related news, uh, there were rumors. Uh, I'm going to say rumors because it was reported, but then it was obviously not 100% true, uh, of Miss Marvel and Andor delays. Uh, both series were rumored uh, just before Disney Plus Day. They were reported for a quarter for 2022 release, which means pretty late in the year, which was really surprising to people about Miss Marvel. Um, during Disney Plus Day, this was changed because Miss Marvel was confirmed to release in summer next year. Yep. Uh, the only reason I bring this up is because I really hope that Andor one isn't true. That Andor show should be out soon. Yeah, that, they, that show's done. They've had they that in the books they announced for a it. while. Yeah, because they announced that, what, a year, two years ago? I'm a little worried about that show. They also. they announced that they were done filming it, for sure. Yeah. So, like, it, it makes me wonder that, like, oh, it's just not what? ready. Like, they announced know. that they were done filming it, I want to say, on uh, Investor Day. Because we got a bit of a sizzle reel for Andor. Oh, I think you might be right or something. Yeah, yeah we yeah. got a bit of a sizzle yeah. reel for it. We got we saw concept art, so they should be done with principal photography. It's all the posts and effects. That show, that show had been now. The, that show was the first one in production besides Mandalorian, and yet somehow yeah. we're getting Book of Boba Fett and probably Kenobi before it. Yeah, uh, if we're looking, we have a lot of shows to talk about, like in in like in this meeting and stuff. So like, it makes me wonder that like. It just might not be in the pipeline and all these with all these other shows. They're like, oh, we gotta push it. Because there's so there's so many things on the docket and it's not ready. Like, I, I suppose. And like we'll get into like the Star Wars stuff, because there was a lack of Star Wars stuff on Disney Plus Day in general. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I was like, uh, to me, in my head, I assumed Andor was next after Book of Boba Fett. 
Yeah. Because it was the one we knew was done. They're currently yeah. filming Mandalorian season three. Kenobi is still in post-production. Yep. Uh, recently having finished filming. I assumed Andor would be soon because it was, again, the second show we knew about. Yeah. Do it's you a think, little odd. Do you think it could be like post-production was? It could be. It's possible. I yeah. wonder if like, maybe they're just not pleased with the final product. I'm, yeah. I'm nervous about that too. I'm nervous that they, they're having to go back. I wonder if we'll hear about reshoots. Speaking of reshoots... Hell yeah, baby. Let's do it. Uh, Doctor Strange, uh, the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is doing reshoots in Los Angeles. This is uh, this is in our rumor section, but this part is reported. This is true. This is the true. film will the film will reportedly be shooting six days a week for the rest of the year. A oh, mix wow. of additional photography and reshoots. Raimi is still directing, and Michael Waldron is still writing the shoots. Oh, yeah. The rumor part of this is a discrepancy amongst the sources about the significance of these shoots. Some are saying that this is fixes from the UK filming that got messed up at the beginning of the pandemic, either because of actors' unavailability around that time, or just stuff that they couldn't do or got done wrong that they need to fix. Makes some sense. They mm -hmm. were right in the middle of it at, in the UK when the pandemic hit. Yeah. Some suggest that the amount of time being required is on the level of a standard film and thus means major story changes. Either way, this is the cause of the Marvel films delay that we, that we talked about being pushed back from March uh, all the way to May. Um, Which isn't, it's only two months. It's not a big yeah. delay. For sure. Uh, I, my only concern, honestly, in all of this, like whatever, uh, I don't like that six day work week, baby. Oh, no, no it's awful. Um, after, after we just had the almost IOT strike, we're making people do overtimes yeah. six days a week um, for the rest yeah. of the year. Hell, even with my job, you guys know that once Thanksgiving's over, my war begins and I'm stuck. And I always am looking down the barrel of a possible six day work week. And you all know every time when I have to do a six day work week, I am absolutely upset. Yeah. Uh, not to, not to like, actors and what you do are, are very different jobs but also they work 12 14 16 yeah. hour days mm -hmm. uh so like like well, that, nobody, nobody should have the, to work six days no matter what they're they're above the line and they'll be okay but i'm i'm yeah. concerned about like we just true. we yeah. just yeah. did this conversation yeah. um if they are being paid their overtime and like everybody's like getting on board with it and they're making it according to union sanders i guess like all right yeah. i guess yeah. but it sounds really aggressive yes i agree with you uh people i can't believe it's still this day and age like people who know about news like they get shocked by reshoots every big movie gets reshoots especially marvel movies every single one like no matter no matter how big or small it just it's a part of life uh the sixth day the sixth week the sixth day thing is scary because that means they're trying to shoot a lot of stuff yeah. uh so that does make me worried about the movie a little bit but like I'm not, just, yeah. I'm not too concerned about the story because um the, the times when I get concerned about story and reshoots is when a different person is handling it. The fact yes. that they specifically say Sam Raimi's still doing it, Michael Waldron is still doing it, this is still the writer of the film, yeah. the director of the film, it's probably fine. It's mm -hmm. probably just like some some stuff that needs to be worked. I Pick would ups, not be surprised yeah. if a lot of it is fixes from the UK stuff. Yep. That wouldn't shock me at all. Um, but that's well, a lot of filming. That's I a lot of hours. Really, I am hoping and I am praying that the crew was told about this and they asked, are you okay? I mean, they probably said, Hey, this was, I mean, they were definitely told about it. Yeah. They're definitely told about it. But I'm hoping and praying that's like, look, we know this sucks, but we're going to pay you for this. And we're going to make sure you don't need it. You know, you don't die. Cause after hearing I, all the stuff with the IATSE stuff about how they're working 12, 13 plus hours, people have died going home or going to work because they're so exhausted. I am hoping and praying that they're being treated Barely. 
well, and it's also possible, depending on what like their needs are for lighting and things like that, that part of this is, oh, uh, we need um, only these select hours each day. So it might not be amounting to too many hours in the week. They just have to do certain hours of the day. So it's isolating yeah. out those those six days of the week. Um, that could be it. So in that way, they could be boiling it down. True. Uh, On to some comics news. Um, Hiromu Arakawa's new series, the creator of Full Metal Alchemist, uh, there's a new manga coming out. It's entitled Yomi no Sugai, uh, roughly translated as The Underworld's Turn. The new manga tells the story of a boy named Yuru who lives a quiet life as a hunter in the woods. Yuru's life changes, however, when his twin sister Asa is called to work within a nearby village's jail, a duty which requires her to be confined within its walls as well. <gasps> Sensing that something is wrong, Yuru begins to investigate the mysterious village and rescue his sister. The manga will publish its first chapter in the next issue of Shonen Ganon, which will be released in less than a month on December 10th. I just wanted to highlight this because I really like Hiromu Arakawa. I think she's a fantastic writer. Hell yeah. Uh, and um, one of the most prominent female manga kuns uh, in Japan. And I love Full Moon Alchemist, so I'm optimistic about this. Heck yeah. Ben, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, a guy lives in the woods with his sister, and then he has to go rescue his sister. And he's a hunter. Sounds like Demon Hunter. It's Demon Slayer, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Give definitely it to definitely. me. I just, I just want all of it. I just want definitely it. Sounds, it sounds like Demon Slayer, but yeah, FMA is Full Metal Alchemist is definitely one of those shows and mangas I really need to get on. Alchemy. A little bit. I see a little bit of it, but I haven't finished it, so it's definitely. Yeah. Rip, rip, uh, rip. I mean, I she I've seen her art. I've seen. I've had. I had the first volume of the manga, and I really enjoyed it. It's gorgeous art, so I just can't wait to see how. I'm I'm happy for. Her. I'm down for a new series. Let's go. We uh none of us ever watched that Netflix live action FMA thing, right? No. Cool. Oh, there's a spider on my blinds. Oh god. It's oh. like it's like on the other side of the blinds, so it's just like the shadow. She hold on, guys. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> Keep talking. I don't want to get by a spider. Uh, right? in, you gotta go kill in, a spider. <laughs> in other comics news, Mary Marvel. Oh, um, I, also, I love this new is taking over as the new champion of Shazam. Um from writer Josie Campbell and artist Evan Doc Shaner, we'll see Mary Bromfield, aka Mary Marvel, replacing Billy Batson as Earth's Mightiest Mortal. Guys, oh my god. Let me tell you, you guys know I love legacy characters. Pass that mantle down, baby. Uh, two, the Shazam license, the Shazam comics have been under the grasp, the, 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 the lock and chain of Jeff Johns for years. And no one's been able to do anything with it. Now they're free. The Shazam family is free to live to finally tell their own stories. Mary gets to get a big upgrade. Uh, Doc Shaner is one of the most awesome, like cartoony uh, uh, artists alive. Like he is perfect for for like the Shazam character. Um, I am so excited, you guys! I am so excited for this news. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. I'm, I'm excited. excited. I'm, like, I'm excited to pick up a Shazam book finally. Like it's been so long. That's I mean, true. I, every time a new Shazam book comes out, and I see Jeff John's name attached. I'm like, okay. Now I'm like, I might actually pick this up. Well, I mean, it's been the the, the, the one that's been delayed. Yeah, it's, he's only been the he's only been he's been the only one writing Shazam ever since like the New Fifty Two did the whole thing. Homie, that's a decade. Yeah. Oh God. That was, oh God. Yeah, I'm very excited. I think this is a great direction to go forward in the Shazam universe of comics Hell yeah. um yeah i look forward to that uh last one is rogue sun um rogue one 
the the synopsis for this is yesterday new orleans greatest hero rogue son was murdered today rebellious teenager dylan siegel discovers that rogue son was his estranged father marcus and that he's inherited his father's mantle tasked with protecting our world from the forces of the supernatural and solving his father's murder dylan will be forced to come to terms with this uh with the man he spent the majority of his life hating um this is spinning out of a crossover event with supermassive uh soup crossover event called supermassive with radiant black and inferno girl red uh it is from acclaimed writer ryan parrot of mighty morphin power rangers and dead day and rising star artist abel from harley quinn and crimes of passion uh it's a supernatural murder mystery that explores the complicated bond between father and son and cements itself squarely in a corner of the image Comics superhero universe out february 16th 2022 um i've heard a lot of good things about radiant black uh, yeah i've i've been interested in picking it up Here's a note from Brandon about it. Radiant, Radiant Black is one of, if not his favorite superhero books right now. I He has been eagerly awaiting Inferno Girl Red and now crossover event and third series. He loves watching indie superhero universes expand, and it's awesome to see one that's connected with him on such a personal level continue to grow. Oh, yeah. um, I've heard nothing but good things about Radiant Black, so this sounds good, too. Yeah, uh, I, I only read the first issue, but yeah, it's, it's good, good, lighthearted superhero stuff. Yeah, I, w- I want to jump in on that for sure. Um... Yeah. I'm going to read this next one. That's fine with me. Hey, guys, guess what? More X-Men is coming out. Uh, Secret X-Men. Hey, guys. Um, So last year, there was an election of the X-Men. Wait, it's this year. I don't know how pandemics work. There was an election of the X-Men, and a new X-Men team was announced. Uh, And then there was a bunch of rejects and all the losers and all of that. And everyone's like, oh, man, we all like those characters, right? They're all getting their own book. It's crazy. It's called Secret X-Men. It's written by Teeny Howard with art by Francesco Mobili. It's a one-shot. I thought it was going to be a series, but it's a one-shot. It comes out next year. And it's a team made up of everyone who lost the vote. Uh, guys, when the Shi'ar Empire faces an unexpected threat, they must call upon the X-Men. Who? Uh, the team is co-captained by Sunspot and Cannonball, and they got Marrow, Tempo, Forge, Banshee, Strong Guy, Armor, and Boom Boom on a dangerous mission to save a figure of paramount importance. The daughter of Professor X and the Empress of the Shi'ar, Zandra. What? That sounds awesome. Uh, literally, this is like one of the most diverse and weird X-Men teams ever made because it's just a bunch of rejected X-Men. It's awesome. This is like the coolest team. Uh, like Tempo and Marrow and Armor are like some of the coolest like B, B-class heroes. Uh, Teeny Howard I, is great. I think this is really cool. I wonder if this is testing ground for a potential series. Maybe yeah. not a like long run series, but a limited series. Absolutely. Could be. Yeah. Could be. And I want to get this book only because of Marrow. Yeah. Solely because of Marrow. Also, solely because the only my, the first time I was ever introduced to Marrow was Marvel versus Capcom two. <laughs> that's honestly that's she was really hot in the nineties, man. Yeah, yeah. Do you, dude? I'm I'm looking at a um. There was someone posted a thing of a of a Street Fighter versus X Men, and Omega Red was one of the playable characters yep. in Street Fighter v X Men. Yeah. And I'm like, you never. I was like, was Omega Red that big in the nineties? Guys, the nineties like that's why it's always so funny because like. Uh, uh, like comics obviously have eras, but like the X Men in the nineties, it, it you will not understand how big X Men was. Like it is X Men number one is still the highest selling comic of all time. It, nothing will ever beat it. The X Men with the animated show, it 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 ruptured the entertainment sphere. Like everybody was in X Men. Like everyone was reading comics at that time. Nobody reads comics anymore. It's a, it's a shame. So uh, uh uh I had one more thing to say. Oh yeah, X Men. Um, T D Howard's currently writing. Or currently was writing um, X Corps, which is the five issue miniseries about like the business side of the book. Definitely the weakest X Men book since Dark, Dark uh, Fallen Angels. It's a shame. Uh, it's not a terrible book. It's just incredibly boring. 
Um, she's still, is she still running Excalibur or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still, she's still like head of stuff. She's still doing a lot of stuff. But like that book was an unfortunate miss. Um, so I'm glad that like she's still writing other stuff. Like I still think Excalibur rules. Like I think this is going to be great. Uh, I'm excited, man. Just more X Men all the time, every day, all day. Yeah, I, I like this, and I like the idea that yeah. that it could lead to a potential series. And the X Men like... in space. That's like they go hand in hand. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, time to go to the trailer park, boys. Um, <gasps> let's first talk about uh, Vought International on YouTube has a seven on seven that they release monthly. They're really good little marketing tools. They've done a lot of funny stuff. We haven't like gone out of our way to talk about them, but I, I wanted to highlight this one in particular because boy, did they want to take Disney to task this week. Hell yeah, they month. did. So I know in the show notes, you say you don't have to watch it, but I did watch this whole one. And I, I, I remember us watching another one and us commenting on how the guy, once again, he's an actor. I don't hate the actor. I hate the character where he really nails that, Tucker Carlson sliminess and yeah. has a very punchable face. Yep. Like I really want to have his face meet my fist at a very high velocity. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you're I, right. They are definitely going after Disney in this. Holy shit. Yeah. I really like and and just like taking apart the capitalism of it, which is so funny because it's an Amazon show. Um but I, I really do like this. I think this is a cool way to like flesh out uh, the boys' world between seasons that you are getting like these updates of like, hey, this is like the larger scope of things that are going on, uh, uh, that court stuff that's going on still and things like that. Um, what the what the seven are up to in a passing way. Uh, I love Votland, the parable <laughs> of Disneyland. Holy yeah. God, yeah, like the, the soldier boy uh statue and anthem the musical uh oh, soldier boy show He's... around it jensen eccles right yeah yeah ah uh, oh, hell yeah yeah uh you got the uh maves bold uh be bold campaign part of the land where it's all it's all freaking... gay all the time you have maves like castle inclusivity where like the <laughs> second it's like it's there it's just pride flags all over the place i'm just like good god yeah it's like it's like the pinnacle of pandering uh, of yeah. pandering yeah. from a company it's it's really good and then of course the ad for vop plus uh on oh, the same man. day disney plus day is coming out <laughs> um yeah vop plus which is it, it's all just really good it's well worth watching i think if you like the boys like you should check that out it's a cool way to do like world building in this way that they're doing it i love it and also keeping the boys on your mind mm-hmm. um camp Go. cretaceous season four before we talk about it i want to read what brandon said he said, not sure what y'all are going to say, but he loves this trailer. He was worried about where it could go now that it's caught up to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. But now he's even more sure in his belief that this is the successor of the Jurassic Park trilogy deserved and not the movies. Go nuts, he says. Um, that's cool, man. Uh, I cannot believe that these kids get off the island and then immediately get sent to another island that is not Isla Sorna with dinosaurs and, and robots. robots. <laughs> So like a part it's of me, cool. it's cool that this it's show not... is for. It's cool that this show is like marketed to the demographic it is, which is children and yes. Brandon. Um, yes. But uh, but my thing is that um, they've been upfront about like the interconnectivity between the show and the world, and I'm like, I just can't accept these goofy looking robots in the movies. And it's not just dinosaurs. You also get a saber toothed tiger in this in this trailer that, too. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't. See, here's no, the that, thing, doesn't, so... that doesn't bother me at all because you would think that. 
um, after the dinosaurs, what's the next big era in the planet's natural history? The Ice Age. You get a yes. bunch of crazy animals and creatures in the Ice Age that it's that's like the next progression until Sparks. we get to humans. Do you know yeah. do you know what I thought of watching this trailer? I thought this was kids Westworld. Yeah. Ooh. I get that. um but not obviously not nearly as, as good. Um I I gotta be honest, like I, I thought by season four this animation would get better. I don't I don't like this animation at all. I really don't. The dinosaurs look good, but I just don't like those kids. Uh but that's that's a me thing. Uh I I will commend the show for going really bold and really weird. Um, if I were a fan of like, if I were watching the show, I, this is something I feel like I would be into just as a fan of science fiction. Yeah. If I were a huge Jurassic Park fan, I feel this would make me really mad. Yeah. I, uh, Brandon is, and he's pleased. Uh, I, I, yes. I can't say, yeah. I can't say too much. I haven't watched the show for all I know. If I watch the show, I'll love it and I'll think it's brilliant. I don't yeah. know. Um, but my, my impression watching the trailer is that I just, I cannot believe that the kids get off Isla Nublar. They get uh, wrecked by a Mosasaurus. They end up on another island with dinosaurs. And not that only can't be not, that far. <laughs> and it's not Isla Sorna. And it's none of the five deaths because the creators went out of their way to say that it's not one of the five deaths, which is implied to be the islands that, uh, the five islands that Hammond would have been experimenting on. So it's another island that isn't one of those five. That's crazy. So, like, is, is this canon? Is this canon, the show? Yes. Okay. Yep. I. I, without watching it, I'm just going to say no, it's not. Okay. Colin Trevorrow has said, like, things that you see are planting seeds for what you'll see in Dominion. That makes me even more worried. <laughs> hey, man. It is what it is. Hey, sometimes, it is what it is. Hey, sometimes a franchise, just, like, it, it's not for you anymore. I got yeah. Jurassic Park. That's all I'll ever need. You know what I mean? I'm happy. That's all I'll need. Yeah. Um, I... I think that there are some cool things that i've seen from camp cretaceous i i'm not going to like shit on the show i just i i think it's premises perhaps jumping the shark a little bit at this moment jumping uh, the mosasaurus sorry excuse yeah, me yeah like uh i i feel like you could have done if you're gonna go to another island you could have done a story just involving like other people i understand like it gets away from the bit oh. of the camp and the kids but like sorry i bring up the westworld thing because when i saw the saber through tiger i thought they were gonna go to another island that was gonna be another company doing the ice age but for jurassic park that's a cool idea. And then it's like, wait, like so, other people are I, doing this dumb idea, but in a different generation? That's so crazy. So, so I do think the implication is supposed to be that it is another group that isn't InGen, because InGen yeah. had the five deaths uh, that is doing experiments with dinosaurs. And the only one that is consistent from like Hammond's is that the Spinosaurus is the same one from Isla Sorna and like it, came over to this island. Oh, okay. But like everything else is like things someone else was making. Gotcha. We'll see. Okay. Hey, man. I'm happy. Happy it's there for people. Sorry. Sorry if you feel like we shit on it, Brandon. Uh, well, sorry. I, I just, I just think the concept is a little, a little stretched. Listen, man. Season um, four in. It's like it's, it's not for us. Being yeah. the Ricardos. Uh, oh, oh, Aaron Sorkin oh, oh. wrote a movie about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, and um, didn't he also Aaron direct Sorkin, it? Yeah, yeah, he directed and it. And I think, I think Aaron Sorkin can do some pretty good work sometimes, and yes. sometimes. Uh, it's a misstep, but um, my my major thing about this is I'm like I really like the actors in this. I don't think Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem are good choices for these roles. There's um, Deborah Messing who was on Will and Grace. 
uh like there's like she was like the big like fan cast because like she looks like her she acts like her like she loves her um so one that's a bummer there's like there's like five actors for both i could think of before i would think of these two i'll tell you what guys this movie you know when you're watching a movie trailer and you're like oh this trailer was made for oscars you know what i mean Mm -hmm. this felt like an oscar like we want to get oscars like this is the feel like like the uh, like the I Love Lucy theme song, but like really dramatic and all, and like uh, uh, I, big and. I agree with you, and it feels like somewhere along the way they also made a misstep, and it yeah. wasn't just the casting. Like something, something feels off in it. But yeah. like I just, I, I'm baffled because I'm like, I kind of want to watch this, but boy, do I think those are two terrible choices, choices. for the yeah. for the casting. I, mean, I love Harvey Bear Dam. Yeah, I love them both. So weird. I love them both. I just oh, think yeah. they're wrong. When you when you hear Desi Arnaz as Ricky Ricardo, he has this this this. Um, oh. Oh, he's like a like a higher like it's yeah, yeah. This, you hear like Javier Bardem he is a much lower tone of voice and yeah. for him it's like to hear Lucy I'm home it's not it's like mm, I love Javier Bardem and I really enjoy Nicole Kimmon but I mean I could see Nicole Kimmon a little bit as Lucy Ball which I mean okay but Javier Bardem is so like Carter plus Desi Arnaz I'm like yeah there's, I don't know there's I the think- I, real quick, I think yeah. the logic in casting them is that this film is much more about who they were as people and not the characters they played on the show. Yes. Which is which yes. I get, and I get how you get here with that in mind, but these are two actors who are not good at playing the other side of them, which is the side that most people know, which is the side that was in the TV show. They're not good at that part of it, and they need to be able to do both. And these two, I don't think, fit the sitcom so, side. Yes, there, there's a... Because this often happens like when you're doing like biopic casting of like, you, do you want to have them do a really good impression or do like the tone and inflections? Kind of like what if, you know, like Robert Downey Jr.'s what if. Like, do you want to be a really good actor or do you want them to sound and look just like the character? Mm-hmm. And in this situation, I think they were like, we don't really care how how much they look or sound. They want them to be the character. But I also don't, I also didn't get that either for Harvey Bardem, though. Well, but uh, again, like, that's the thing is, like, I don't think they need to uh, do impressions. I just don't think either of them are good at recreating the sitcom yeah. sense of who those two were. I don't think they have it. Um, I think they're good dramatic actors and they could do the drama side of what this is going to be and probably be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, um, and like, certainly, like, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz are not who they were in the show 100%. But this they still need to be able to play that if you're doing any amount of them playing in the sitcom space they need to be able to recreate that and i don't think they have the energy for it it definitely feels like like they're gonna like go for like the hard emotional beats of like this is like this is like the, the hardest moment of her life and like that right. there's the oscar i'm like ah, okay. yeah. um silent night is a christmas movie with a pretty dark undertone, uh, a dark, out. a dark comedy like Christmas movie, a black uh, comedy Christmas movie, starring yeah. Kira Knightley, who I feel like I haven't seen in forever. Yeah. Um. So time. this this is such an odd and good trailer. It's it's a Christmas dark comedy, uh, apocalyptic movie. The apocalypse is, is happening. Maybe. Yes. Apparently, apparently, apparently they know they're getting gassed. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's in, it's also an environmental, like clearly like an environmental movie, like a satire. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, uh, I'm 100 in on this. I'm so. Yeah. Right. At first, I thought it was just like a Christmas movie where like the relatives come over and then hijinks ensue. It's like, oh, it's good. and then, but there's like just dark undertones, like oh, okay, maybe dark comedy, that's fine. Like something morbid is gonna happen, but then it's like, oh no, we're all gonna die in the morning. I'm like, what? Should have voted green. Yeah, man. Uh, like uh, uh, the part where she sits down is like, I want you to know, as your parents, this isn't our fault. 
Of course, it's not your fault either, but it's not our fault. Um, I, I, it's really I didn't good. expect what this trailer was going to be as I was watching it. And when it gets to like the 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 gas cloud like moving in on the text and everything, the holiday text, I'm like, oh, this is, this is wildly not what I anticipated. Yeah. Um. What's the uh, Sparks? I always forget the name. Um. The the Christmas horror movie with the kids. Better that, watch that, out. It reminds me of that of like it's like an unexpected yeah. tone of like oh I yeah. didn't think this was this was gonna be this um I'm really looking forward to this oh yeah yeah uh, I think this looks awesome this mm -hmm. is dead like halfway through the trailer I'm like oh, okay and something's bad it's like oh oh they're all oh like it went from a dark comedy to slowly into like something of a horror movie and I'm like okay yeah that's a thing I'm I'm super curious about it mm -hmm. elves. A Netflix uh, film coming out, Elves. So there, there is a terrific, awesome tradition of like these like European Christmas horror movies. There's Rare Exports, which is about uh, evil elves who work for Santa. Um, there's Troll Hunter, which is like people like going and like finding trolls like during the Christmas time. Uh, and this, it's about like 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 a like a town that's on the edge of like Elf Land, um, but like like uh, you break the barrier and then like monsters come through, but they're yeah. elves. I'm like. It looks wild. I love it. Yeah, it looks very interesting. Uh, it, it has a lot of troll hunter vibes to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, foreign film. I'm I'm into it. Yeah, um, I, I love... like the look of it. Yeah, uh, I love the. I, when you first see the 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 elf, it's almost like a gizmo, like a really cute little gremlin. I'm like, I don't yeah. know if I want. But then I saw it's actually like a monster movie, and there's like yeah. giant monsters. I'm like, oh, okay, now um, there's cute ones and evil ones. Cool, cool. cool. It's like um, you better be good because at first when I saw this thing, it's like, oh, you better be nice to the elves, or else the elves are gonna take you to evil Santa, like essentially like the Krampus. Yeah. Where it's like, if you do bad things, you're screwed even more. Mm -hmm. And I was, I kind of like these Christmas horror movies where they dive more into like the pagan roots, but they twist them in a way. Ben, I, I would love to watch rare exports with you. Uh, right. Cause that is, it is, it is such a crazy movie about like these like giant naked men who are elves, like murdering and terrorizing people for Santa Claus. Like it's Christmas horror is, is one of the best genres, man. I love it. I heard, Okay. So I, I might begin the country of origin wrong. So if I do, if I apologize, but I believe there's a Danish, um tr christmas tradition where some guy puts on the skull of a horse a horse skull and a cloak and goes around the town knocks on people's doors and you have to be and you engage in a rhyme battle uh, it's essentially a rap battle because if you win then the horse then the horse guy just leaves but the skeletal look, the skeletal welsh horse you must beat in a battle it's a, of welsh, it, it's a welsh one that's the one okay yeah sorry 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 denmark welsh it's a Welsh tradition where you go around and if you lose to the horse, he gets to go into your house, eat your food and drink all of your beer. Bro, that is, I want to move. Oh, my, that's so cool. That's like not even evil. You just have a sick rap battle. And if you lose, he takes your food. The, oh, yeah. The thing is, the thing that freaks me out, because I mean, yeah, when we see skulls, we associate skulls with death slash evil slash bad things are going down because, you know, it's a skull. But the fact that you have a floating horse skull Doing engaging with you with it, engaging in a rap battle with you to save all of your alcohol, I think is the funniest shit ever. That's so yeah. much better than like leaving cookies out for waiting, a Batman. Waiting for that indie short. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where's that? Um, Avengers release a Spider-Man trailer for its upcoming PS4, PS5 update. Of yeah, content. 
this is a totally whatever trailer, you guys. Uh, they're this is like in-game footage. Like it's not. It's just like, hey, Spider-Man's coming. Um, yep. they released a bunch of outfits, and there are a lot of really great outfits. They're all the ones you'd expect, like you know, like the, the, the armored one, and like the, like the the symbiote one, and like him wearing like a vest and stuff like that. Um, the thing that is bumming people out is that every time a new hero is released, it's it comes with a bunch of missions. It's like it's an operation. Like it takes a couple hours to get through it, right? This Spider-Man hero event is a really small thing. It's just like, here's a character and a couple missions and he's he's unlocked from the beginning. Uh, so clearly um, they've had to they've had to rearrange their roadmap and you know, like uh, uh, the pandemic has really screwed the studio over, let me tell you. Um, like updates have been like really good, but they've been coming few and far between because they're all working from home. So this Spider-Man thing is a lot smaller than everyone anticipated. It is like gonna be like an hour compared to like Black Panther's like six okay. hours. I, I also suspect that they didn't put as much time into it. I could be wrong mm -hmm. uh because this is only for the playstation players yeah that's true and they didn't 100%. want to they didn't want to make the rest of the like group feel like they miss out on a shit ton of content. that is a hundred percent uh very valid i forgot it was only on ps4 that's right yeah 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 uh because it's only for the playstation players i think that they just really downscale it i i was always nervous about this when they said spider-man was only for the playstation i was yeah. like it's probably not going to be that big of a deal because they don't want people to be mad that they play it on other systems. The only, so every time we get a new character, you know, we get like, uh, the only thing I'm worried about is like, I just want there to be like, uh, we always get like a new type of villain to fight or something, right? Um, so like when we got the Hawkeye stuff, we got Maestro, which is evil Hulk. Uh, but Black Panther, we got Claw. And like we're getting Claw and stuff like that. So like, I, I am just worried that Spider-Man is just like ju just the character. Because if you get just the character, then you're just replaying all the same missions you've done a thousand times with the other De characters. Definitely. I think that's so, exactly what it is. I think yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Uh, which is unfortunate. But like, I like the gameplay in that game solid. And like, I love Spider-Man. So like, I'm definitely going to spend way too much money on those stupid skins. So uh, I'm a mark. You got me. Yep. Gene Gray's um, in Fortnite. They got me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife's final trailer came out. I wish I didn't watch this. I wish I didn't watch it either. This was not a good trailer. Yeah. It's not just it wasn't a good trailer. It just revealed a lot of things that I already knew were going to be in the movie. Guys, yep. I'm... So, uh, Ben, you know Emma Fife on the internet. She tweeted out... She tweeted out, Hey, guys, if you love The Rise of Skywalker, I'm sure you're going to love Ghostbusters Afterlife. Because apparently it's a very nostalgia-filled... Like, like, it is Jason Reitman paying service to the old Ghostbusters movie. And that is, I'm so scared now. <laughs> I'm so scared now. Uh, especially after NFTs are starting to come out with Ghostbusters that are sponsored by Jason Reitman. Really bums me out. Uh, this movie is exactly what I thought it was going to be. They're going to do a thing and then they're going to team up with the Ghostbusters at the end to fight Gozer again. Mm -hmm. Nothing. There's nothing new in this trailer. We all. It's, it's the same demon, like the, the, the dogs from the original movie. Like, cool. I just, I'm, I know Brandon's really excited for this and I don't want to shit on this movie because I'm sure it's going to be fun. I this is not what I would want from another Ghostbusters movie personally. I don't want the for, I didn't I don't want this is one I wouldn't want this heavy Force Awakens one. I would just like just just bring them back, you know, just do right. one more. Yeah, that that's how yeah. I feel. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 definitely in a mixed space about it. I think a lot of the I think a part of that's made me really excited. Is I do feel like more successfully than some other things, it's done a good job of in the in most trailers, even this one, I'd argue, of recapturing the vibe of the 80s, like, action comedy film. Sure. Uh, I feel that energy. I feel those effects. 
are brought to life really faithfully rather than like trying to update them too much. Like they do look better, but they still look like the eighties effects yes, just yes. improved. And yeah. I really like that about the movie, but I'm, I'm vibing with a lot of what you're saying where I'm like, I'm just, I, there's a lot here that like feels like it's just here because of the first two movies rather I, than like doing something new. To be positive. I do agree. I do think the ghosts look good. Like they're not, they're not like 21st century modernizing them. It's just, they look, they, they're 21st century technology with the eighties vibe, but yeah. like, they show the taxi cab like like skeleton man and like hey remember that guy I'm like no i don't that's not i don't want this movie to be that and i it is that's what the movie is and it's and i just don't know if i want to watch it uh, sure i'm sure it's going to be nice Happen. and solid see catch us next week when we review ghostbusters afterlife oh right um, yeah. i'm on a podcast so i have to see it that's cool uh maybe i'll hey maybe i'll love it i i i will always go into a movie ready to be surprised always yeah um scott paul rudd like that's that's something. Scott Paul Rudd. It's true. It's Scott Paul Rudd. Um, last thing uh, I wanted to give you guys some time to talk about. Elden Ring had a lot of gameplay come out this week. I I, I didn't think you'd put it on here, but I appreciate you doing it. Ben, did you watch any any footage? Because they didn't release a trailer. No, um, it was like, tw it's twenty minutes long of gameplay. Yes. And well, I didn't watch all of it because when I saw it, I was like jumping through, and then other things came up. But I did watch some of it. And I was also discussing with my brother because my brother is huge into Dark Souls. He's the one who got me into Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Really? Also, thanks to Ryan because he's the one who bought me the damn no, game. No, thank you, thank you, your brother more for actually playing it with you though, because now you're yeah. like you're actually in it, and I'm happy. Yeah. So at first he was scared that it was going to be like because Dark Souls is very linear. I mean, you can backtrack, but still a very linear game. And he was a little nervous about this whole open world aspect of Dark Souls because he was watching. He was a little scared, but he told me like three minutes in. It got him. It's it's Dark Souls, Dark Fantasy turned up, and you do have this grand open world aesthetic to it, but also once you there's like you go into these worlds or these areas, and it's like Dark Souls, the linearity of Dark Souls, where you can still explore, but it's also not like so vast open world where. So the like, best the best way to describe what you're saying, Ben, is it's Breath of the Wild. Yes. It's an open world with dozens and dozens and dozens of instance little dungeons and caverns where you go into, and then there's a Dark Souls level inside of this open world. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Essentially, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Go ahead, Sparks. I was going to say, like, I, I was uh, both impressed and, and like, intimidated by the breadth of what I was seeing. Uh, I shared the TikTok video to you guys, which is a guy watching it and going, oh, oh, I just oh. lost all my February. Oh, it's gone. It's all gone. Uh, it was taken away from me. <laughs> I, I so uh the it wasn't just a 20 minute video. Like there there is an open beta stress test that like you had to sign up for. I didn't get in, unfortunately. But uh everyone on the internet has played this game for many hours now. And the, the fact is that this game is so big that they let people play this game for like 10 hours straight. They sent like they just sent an open code. Um this is without a doubt the biggest game they've ever made, not just in terms of like of breadth, but like depth as well. Like if you've played any giant open world game like Breath of the Wild, Skyrim, The Witcher 3, you know that like you can have an open world and have it be really dense. It just takes a lot of time. You know, big games take time and they've been working on this game for a long ass time. Um, there's there's horse combat. Um, the thing that I'm really excited about is like they're just bosses. There are dozens of bosses just spread out across the world. In the first three minutes of this of the twenty minute gameplay, you run into a dragon, and he's that would just be a big ass boss in any any Dark Souls game. Um, but there is still like a linear story that you can tell. But it is it is the open world thing that I love. Of you can do whatever you want whenever you want. You might not be ready for it, but you can do it. Um, 
I am. So, oh, Ben, you can jump. They have a jump button. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> oh my god! Like, Holy shit! They jump. Exp exploration, like exploration, is always key in Dark Souls games, but it's not about uh, verticality. It's always just about exploring nooks and crannies. This one, they took away a lot of the fall damage, and they and they made you jump. So they want you platforming. They want you exploring mountains and shit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is. I've been waiting for this game for like my whole life. I'm so and, ready. And just like you, you mentioned Breath of the Wild a lot, but in like in Breath of the Wild, they gave Link a a dedicated jump button because the only time other the only other game were allowed Link to jump where where Ocarina? you had to push a button and he jumped was a uh, Link's Awakening. You can attach a little feather in your cap that allows mm. you to jump. You can't jump where, in Ocarina. No, well you you go to a thing and it automatically jumps. Oh, that's right. Okay. You don't. Add, there's no button for you to effort to make Link actually go. Huh, unless gotcha. it's Breath of the Wild or in Link's Awakening where you have the little feather in one of your item slots. In um, Yeah, Breath of the Wild was a dedicated jump button for Link. Everything else, it was either you had to run to a ledge and then you jump from there. So which means you never missed a jump unless you're really bad at it. Uh, another thing I really want to focus on is um, in all of the From Software games, um, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, um, you, have, you have your physical, like, you know, swords and maces, and then you have magic. And they very much are, are disassociated, right? In this game, they are very much saying, we want you to use both at the same time. So many of the weapons that are swords also have a secondary, like, thunder attack or a summon attack or, like, a lightning attack. So, like, they want you to use the breath of content. So, like, there's, like, so many new summons. Like, you can summon, like, a dozen wolves to attack a boss or you can summon, like, uh, uh, like, like a spectral eagles to attack someone from the sky. And I'm like, they want you to, to experiment so much more than any other games they've ever made. And I'm like, I just, I, I am so excited. I, it was so hard for me not to watch just hours and hours of this game because, like, I want to experience it myself. But it just look it looks so good. And, like, these guys have never made a bad game. So I'm just like, February, you're right. It's gone. Best part, here. or the, for me, that whole the best part of that is because that's kind of like what my D and D character is. I mean, if I did play Dungeons and Dragons, that's why what it's an Eldritch Knight, a, ma mm -hmm. a knight who also uses magic. I love it when, uh, like, yeah, I like the ha the hack and slash stuff, but using magic at the same time is just like, oh, you're all screwed. There's one specific thing that I saw where a guy had an axe, and if he used like the heavy axe attack. Uh, three spectral warriors with the same axe will go bing, bang, bong, and then you will connect with like a square of attacks on an enemy. Ooh. And it's like, and like that's 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 the coolest thing. That's what I always want to do in video games. So I'm like, this is the game for me. Um, so excited! I can't wait. I'm I cannot wait. I will. Oh yeah. Uh, and then multiplayer. We can play this game together. We can. Do you know how excited I am once I finally get my PS5 so I can play Demon Souls with you and I can play mm -hmm. Elden Ring with my brother and you when this thing comes out? So excited. That's why that's, like, that's the PS5. That is like that piece. Like the second Elden Ring comes out, that's when I'm seriously gonna start putting away money for a PlayStation 5. It's like I need that's this the one. game. I need this now. Then then that's soon. You should just start putting money away now. I should start putting money away now. <laughs> is it is it time? Is it Disney time? Is, is it time? It's time to go to our main topic, friends. All right then. I forgot we had an intro for this. Welcome, welcome back, friends, to our main topic. It is uh, full spoilers for Disney Plus Day, where <laughs> we are going uh, through more bread and butter, my friends. Yeah. Well, um, we got a, uh, we got someone, a new personage. I don't know who this person is, but uh, too tall for you, fool. So you're in a, you're not too tall. You're perfect. No, so, no. So um, in miscellaneous Disney news, so we'll start we'll start at the top and work our way down. Um, this is the most 
furthest away from Disney, but still, we got to bring it up. This uh, is lit. Prey, this is lit. Prey, uh, the next Predator film has been given its title, Prey, which I think is great. Yes. Uh, and it is releasing exclusively on Hulu next summer. Um, that's a little strange, but that all is right. really, really weird. Um, it stars. Because I don't think you've watched it, Ben, but Sparks, it stars um, the girl from Legion, who was the lady who was uh, uh, like the double body with the, with the doctor. Yeah. Uh, that girl. She's awesome. Love her. Yeah. Um, this makes me think that this movie is much smaller in scale than, than I thought it was going to be, which is fine. Um, they're putting it exclusively on Hulu, which is, I, I want to I watch any Predator movie on the big screen. But uh, I can't believe like this has been rumored for so long. Like it's actually real and it's happening. I love it. I can't yeah. wait. It takes place like, 300 years ago and she's like fighting a predator. She's an Native uh, American. It's awesome. Uh, Amber, Amber Midthunder is her name. Amber Midthunder. Uh, what a name. The, the actor. Yeah. Um, this is really cool. Uh, I'm intrigued by the title. I think that's a great choice. I I'm kind of wish it was going to theaters because I want it to be bet on to succeed, but I hope mm -hmm. that it just does bombastically well on Hulu anyway. Yeah, Directed yeah. by Dan Trackenberg, who did 10 Cloverfield Lane. Cloverfield Lane, yeah, baby. The fact that um, we're getting more Predator, the fact that it's going back in time instead of forward time, I'm... Oh, it's, I, I, told my, I told my mom about the concept because I'm like, you know Predator, this is the concept for the next one. And she's like, oh, that sounds really cool. And I'm like, yeah. yes, yes, this is what sounds like the direction of Predator forever. We've talked about this, like <laughs> this is exactly the movie we want. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Moving on to more actual Disney-related uh, news. Disenchanted, the sequel to Amy Adams' Enchanted film, was announced to be releasing Ooh. fall next year. That's pretty much all Ooh. we got. We got a logo, and it's coming out next year. There's oh, going like, to be a lot of that logos and dates. Well, like, so, that's uh, more, uh, so that's what Disenchanted was. I, I was like, what the heck is Disenchanted? Okay. Disenchanted yeah. is the sequel to Enchanted, which also came to the Disney Plus service uh, on Disney Plus Day. Cool. Yeah, that movie that movie's awesome. So. I agree. I'm very happy that we're finally getting it. It's been is long in the development pipeline. James Marston's in it. We yeah. only know about Patrick Dempsey and uh, Amy Adams Adam. for sure, but I strongly believe that Idina Menzel is back, which yep. would mean James Marsden should be back as well. Good. Um, Cheaper by the Dozen. Uh, Gabrielle Union and Zach Braff are coming to star in a multiracial reimagining of this comedy for March 2022, which is cool. I just feel like, why don't we just make a multiracial family comedy that's just a its own original thing. Why are we doing Cheaper by the Dozen? Because again? people know the name Cheaper by the Dozen. I that's the world so. we live in. Yeah. Um, so that's happening. I, it's it's cool. That's yeah. cool that they're doing it. Uh, that's coming out very soon, so I'm sure we'll see a trailer at some point in the near future. I love Gabriel Union. I won't watch this, but I like her a lot. Yeah. Um, Spiderwick Chronicles. That book series is getting a new television series adapted for Disney+. Plus. Uh, that's really all we know. We got a logo. Remember that movie? Um, you see that movie? Nope. I did see that movie. Uh, it was alright. I remember seeing the book covers. Never the books. Seems, this seems primed perfectly for Disney Plus. So, just like uh, I think the, that's cool. The the Percy Jackson. <clears throat> okay, I don't remember if we knew this, uh, but the Pinocchio live action retelling for uh, Disney is coming to Disney Plus exclusively. Uh, fall that... 2022, not theaters, which I feel like I didn't know, and I'm kind of surprised by. Guillermo has a Pinocchio movie he's also working on. Yes, uh, but this is the one being directed by Robert Zemeckis. It stars yeah. Tom Hanks, Cynthia mm. Irvio, uh, Luke Evans, and the voices of Benjamin Evan Ainsworth, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Keegan-Michael Key, and Lorraine Bracco. Um, 
I am shocked this is coming only to Disney Plus. Me too. Is this? Oh, it's Robin Zemeckis. This isn't like a one of his weirdo movies where it's all like puppet people, right? No, I mean, like, man, this has Tom <laughs> Hanks in it. Like, I would yeah. this this does not feel like Lady in the Tramp level. I would expect this to go no. to theaters, but it isn't, which maybe shows just more faith in getting subscribers on Disney Plus than needing to care about ticket sales at the movie theater. I guess. Yeah, I, I bet this is one of those where they weigh like, will this make a lot at the box office, or will it be fine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how much do we need to have Disney Plus exclusives kind of thing? Yeah. Um, Roderick Rules, uh, a sequel to the animated Diary of a Wimpy Kid that is dropping on December 3rd, was confirmed for Disney Plus next year. Um, yeah. That's cool. I do like that uh, that last trailer that came out for Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I think that animation looks great. Um, I really, I'm really happy that they're already deemed so successful they want to put production on a sequel right away. Cool. I don't think I think I missed that trailer for Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Was you that one of the it, it was not part of this. Okay. Um, we, okay. we saw that trailer a while ago. You should go check it out. They made okay. like a bunch of those movies, right? They made like three they of did. them. They, yeah. made, they this... made four live action oh. Diary of a Wimpy Kid films. This animation thing feels like this should, should have been from the beginning. <laughs> I, I think that those uh, first three live actions are actually pretty good. Okay. Uh, I did enjoy them. I think that they've got solid comedy, especially for kids in it. But I do think like adapting the books into this animation style makes way more sense. Mm -hmm. Um Zootopia Plus, which we learned about at Investor Day, has now been confirmed for this for this coming year, 2022, with promo art. That's that's all. Um, we just now know that it's coming out next year. We didn't know that before. It's called Zootopia Plus. It is called Zootopia Plus. So the whole thing is that it is a series of shorts oh, okay. uh, about different people, like like just isolating on. Here's a story of like these people that live in Zootopia. Here's another story of like these people that live in Zootopia. That's it's a series of shorts doing that. Um, so it's it's Zootopia Plus. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tiana, which is the uh, sequel series to Princess and the Frog, uh, had some concept art put out. Um, it's pretty cool. It gives me some hope, but because they said concept art, I'm not entirely convinced yet that they are going to stick mostly to the 2D animation for Tiana. I hope so. Uh -huh. um, rather than adapting her into something else. Uh, I think that the concept art looks beautiful. Um, Stella Maggie from The Photograph will be director and writer of the new long-form musical series coming to Disney Plus in 2023, which we now have the year for. Uh, the series is set around Tiana going off on a grand new adventure as the newly crowned Princess of Maldonia, but a calling to new her New Orleans past isn't far behind. Ooh, does she have friends on the other side there, maybe? Mm, it could be. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick because I don't have anything to say about these next couple. Sorry. Sounds good. Uh, Chippendale... Rescue Rangers. Uh, John Mulaney yeah. and Andy Samberg have announced that the Disney Plus film is not a reboot, but a comeback, whatever that might be, implying continuation from the TV series. It is set to arrive spring 2022. The promo poster shot that they released also features a cheeky background image of a Darkwing Duck script in production. So who yeah. knows what that means? Yeah, I have, I have absolutely no clue. Um, I'm, I'm glad we're getting Rescue Rangers back. Um, there we got a little bit of them in ducktail or in the new ducktales i mean when i say a little bit i mean they were introduced in that universe so i mean rescue it was one of my favorite shows growing up as a kid i absolutely love chippendale um and rescue rangers so i mean cool but other yeah. than that I, i'm waiting for a lot of this stuff like it's like hey we're doing rescue rangers cool let me see a trailer first right yeah, so. I, I'm I'm much the same, and this is still at least last we heard this is a live action film, so I'm still not sure how I feel about that. That like yeah. Alvin and the Chipmunks look we might be going for. Yeah. Um, I that's also not <laughs> like oh excuse me hold Ooh. on Luna. Yeah. 
Um, that's also not a show that's like steeped in a lot of heavy continuity. So like being a continuation, right. I don't know how important that is, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the Beatles Get Back released oh. a trailer. This is the Peter Jackson three-part docu-series. Hey, dude! Now this that one. That arrives November 25th. Uh, it's a three-night event starting on November 25th. This one I'm really excited to watch. I am really looking forward to to this one, especially with all this, with all the um, the footage of the band while they were making Let It Be, and then they did their last show on top of the building, on top of the Apple Records building. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I, I cannot wait to watch this. Uh, I like I like the Beatles. I love uh, old footage rest, uh, restorated. Is that the word? Yeah. Uh, like, I like watching restored. restored. I like uh, like watching like World War One and World War Two footage, like high def. Like I love that shit. Uh, I, maybe I'll watch this. Yeah. I'm, I'll definitely I'll definitely watch this. This one this was like one of my favorite trailers I saw. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm a huge Beatles nut. I grew up listening to the Beatles. I love the Beatles. And just seeing this and them talking and all the stuff and all the drama that was going, especially at the very end of the tail end of the career, I was like, I want this is like a, a look inside and I want I'm interested. I, I cannot wait to watch this. Yoko, I, oh no. I'm glad this was here for you, Ben. Um, I, I'm definitely uh, I'm sure I'll at some point I'll be curious enough I'll want to watch this. Um Willow released a little cast reel where Warwick Davis uh, introduced the cast, and I thought this was actually really cute. Um, I thought it was a fun little video, and we saw that uh, Aaron Kellyman uh, from Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Rogue One, uh, sorry, not Rogue One Solo, uh, is in the cast, as well as Tony Revolori, mm -hmm. uh, who plays Flash over on uh, Spider-Man. Penis um, Parker. Yeah, uh, I, I just thought this was a cute video, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I that's all it really is, but I thought it was cute. I've seen Willow once a long time ago, and I liked it. So, like, I will probably revisit it. Is yeah. Val Kilmer in this one? Hmm. I don't he know. In, he was in that first one. I don't know uh, if he's in this one. Okay. I don't think yeah. he's been confirmed in the cast. Yeah, hot second. Uh, Too Tall is saying he's. they're looking forward to Rescue Rangers. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for a trailer, but, I mean, hey, more Rescue Rangers, I'm not going to say no. Yeah, uh, no confirmation about Val Kilmer at the moment. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but I did like uh, Warwick's energy. I thought this was very encouraging for his energy uh, to come back to the to this role. I good. just like that he seems to be having a good time. Yeah, good for him to come back to like because uh, you know he he is very much a side a side character actor. So it's cool yeah. that he gets to return to his like one like big movie that he was starred in. Yeah. Um. National Geographic released uh, some stuff. The one that I, I wanted to talk about was just Welcome to Earth, which is the series following Will Smith as he does all these crazy adventure things. It's called uh, Welcome to learning, Earth. Yeah, where he's I, learning I about where he's learning about uh, things he didn't know about. Um, I just like that this dovetails out of uh, Will Smith having pushed himself into his fear zone. I talked about this during a Shark Week uh, about a year ago that was released, a Shark Week special, um, where he wanted to challenge his fear of the ocean and fear of things like that. That ultimately led him to be so inspired he wanted to do this whole thing, uh, which I think it's really funny that he did Shark Week with Discovery and then was like, yo, National Geographic, hook me up. Um, so Will Smith is uh, checking out the world, and I think it's cool. Uh, yeah, I love and, it. I love Will Smith. Yeah. I I like I, I really this looks cool. I love looking when they go to places like, hey, this is on our planet, and I like, man, it makes me just want to visit these things. And this is how beautiful our planet really is. So I'm all for it. Definitely. Um, Sneakerella had a trailer. This is a uh, uh, Disney original interpretation of the Cinderella story with a twist, uh, a lot of twist actually. 
Um, I actually really like this trailer. Uh, I think it's a, a really inventive... I'm not saying, like, oh, it looks like an incredible movie, but I do think it is, like, one of the most inventive reinterpretations of a fairy tale that I've seen. Yes, the people are really thrown off by the name. I don't think they're giving it a chance because yeah. of the name. I've definitely yeah. seen, like, this is, like, the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm like, really? It, it feels like... Honestly, it feels like a Disney Channel original movie, and that's not a yeah, bad thing. Yeah, which it but is. as I was watching it, um, I was like, oh, because that's actually kind of a neat little twist on the Cinderella fairy tale that we know and love, where it's not the girl who's, it's the kid, it's a guy who's designing sneakers. Mm-hmm. And I kind of dig that. And I do too. I think it's yeah. a great appeal to sneaker culture that is very, very strong. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's really artistically inventive mm-hmm. um and like it it had me more interested than a lot of other like reinterpretations of fairy tales yeah, like the only thing you know like thanks to that episode of uh according to jeff goldblum or the world according to jeff goldblum i know about sneaker cons mm-hmm. like right. if you told like five years ago if you told me there's a such a thing that sneaker cons exist i'm like really for shoes yeah uh yeah I'm I'm hoping for the best for it. That looks mm-hmm. it looks neat. Um, the Proud Family, louder and prouder, released a trailer for its new sequel series. Uh, the animation looks great. Animation, animation looks good. I'm glad the Proud Family's back. I absolutely loved watching that show as a kid. So I love I'm that. Glad. I love that the entire show essentially got blipped because they've like gone 20 years into the future as far as technology, but they're only two years ahead from where the previous show left off. Wow, yeah. that sounds like another show we're going to talk about soon. Yeah um but uh i think it looks pretty neat um yeah. i i think the animation looks really nice i'm glad that this exists i'm glad this is being made and put out there yeah also um, i like how some of the characters got older too like penny got older and um some of her friends they show that they've gotten a little bit older as well yeah so, they're all two years older yeah. but but still i because when you sit sometimes it's like you don't see progression when these shows kick back up it's either just a brand spanking new timeline or um or it's just like oh never mind about that last bit so seeing some progression here i'm like i'm still looking forward to it yeah um baymax dropped a trailer for its series coming out which is about baymax going out and doing his job as a a medical assistant this was cute (laughs) i'll take over the cafe man when did that movie come out like a billion years ago 2013 Man, I think I could be wrong. I feel no, I like right. this is like a like the Pixar make. Uh, this is Disney. Nope, this Disney. is Disney. Okay. okay, um, I feel like like with how big superhero shit is, like the Baymax like thing should be so much more popular. Like it took eight years to get this thing made. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that realm should be like mass marketed. You know, they did make a Big Hero Six TV series for like four seasons. There you mm-hmm. go. That there's the answer that I was looking for. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is, I think, I think this is set after the end of that show, I think. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, I thought it looked very charming. It's Baymax is the one of the most huggable Disney characters ever, so like it's adorable. Moving on to Star Wars, there was not a lot of Star Wars, so let's talk about the weirdest one up front, which was posted and then withdrawn and then like weirdly leaked to where you had to like go through a nook and cranny to find it on disney plus but there's a sizzle reel for kenobi out there which you could also just look up on youtube um which i did but but not officially released by disney plus which is just strange um uh on youtube i mean um 
and uh, it gives us some concept art and just them talking about stuff and confirms the, the major thing it confirms is that uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are going to clash for sure with the lightsabies. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, this, I don't often do this, but I'm, a, I'm about to be like a stupid Star Wars nerd. Yeah. Cause I, uh, put the those glasses up. Go, go, go. <laughs> Thank you. The whole, like in episode four, when they first, when, when Vader and Obi-Wan meet, that's the first time they've met since their last fight. That's like that to me. That makes sense uh, emotionally. Like, oh, like I am the t I am the master. You know, like it's been so long. Like, this is fan service, and it's going to be cool. It's going to be great. But this is something like I. This shouldn't for me. I don't want this. I don't need Darth Vader to fight old Obi Wan Kenobi because, like, I that's just fan service to me, right? Like, they don't have to meet. But like, right. I'm glad. I'm glad Anakin's in the show. You know all that stuff. But like. This is one of those fan service things where I'm like, man, I don't need I, this. This takes away for me the period that they were apart. Like they, they had to build to that episode four moment, and now it's not going to feel impactful as much because they've already met before. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's just me being a Star Wars nerd. So like, you know, whatever. It's cool. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I thought about that as well because when I remember when Hayden Christensen was announced that he was going to be in Kenobi, we were all hoping it was going to be in a form of like the ghost of Hayden Christensen. As like when we see Vader, with, you know, with him, like before, you know, I have the high ground moment, the the blood red eyes and just the the sneering hate in him, just like kind of like speaking into Kenobi's ear, like you failed. All the Jedi are dead. It's like you think this boy is gonna save your kind. Or if I were making something like that, like if I were being paid a bazillion dollars, like I would want. If I knew Vader was in this show for real, I would have it that they'd never even meet. Vader is hunting somebody down that he's heard about and they never even meet. He gets inkling of it, but he never actually finds them. That that to me, that's drama, but also like people love the fan service up. So like it's not gonna be that. I, I mostly lean in your uh, area on it for sure, Ryan, because yeah. I, I agree. I think that it would be better if it were like the other thing that we see in this is uh it seems an inquisitor at least one yeah. uh, will be in the show, which is great. I love um, it. The, but the idea that the um, Inquisitors are hunting and Vader's running them and that we didn't need for them to come together, I I, I lean in that direction for sure. I would uh, absolutely... that, I'm more interested in, like, because you're bringing Hayden Christensen back, I don't necessarily want to see him as Darth Vader. I want to see him in, like, flashbacks to him or yeah. memories or dreams with Obi-Wan or something. Yeah. I, I would even be cool, like, have the Inquisitors fight obi-wan kenobi but they don't know it's obi-wan so they report to vader and he's like yo we fought some dude in the desert he had a lightsaber and he's like could it be no no it's impossible and then episode four happens he's like oh man that could have been you but no now they're just actually gonna fight and i'm like yeah. <laughs> ah nuance and fun who cares about yeah. that anyway, right guys yeah cool. and it's it's weird because like that that's the key part of the sizzle reel and so like they're they're very much in the mindset of like this is the big thing that people are going to care about and i'm like mm, yeah you know so much. listen people love that episode three Revenge of the Sith fight. Uh, that's that's not Star Wars to me. So sorry. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, um, under the helmet, Legacy of Boba Fett, which is now on the service, also dropped its trailer. Uh, it's a cool documentary about the legacy of Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah, because even in the trailer, they mentioned that this character who had no screen time, very few lines, became one of the faces of Star Wars. Yeah, he's got a cool look. Yeah, he does have a cool look. So I'm I'm interested in watching this documentary, mostly because I know I've shot on Boba Fett a lot before, and now my tune has changed thanks to the Mandalorian and the trailer for the book of Boba Fett. Ooh. So now I want to I want because even I was so like 
why is this one character? But then, of course, you say, but Ben, you love Captain Phasma. How much of screen time does she have? And like, okay, now I see the effect. The book, the look, there's like cool character effect. <laughs> or it's like the cool like, <laughs> character looks cool. You like him. Yo, Boba Fett's so much cooler than Phasma. Phasma's still my yeah. favorite. That's cool, uh, man. She got dunked on twice. She, I'm, uh, definitely, she I'm definitely curious enough to want to watch that documentary. Mm -hmm. um, moving on to Pixar. Pixar announced some documentaries. Uh, Feature-length ones for Lightyear and Turning Red are going to come to Disney Plus in 2022. That's pretty cool. That is. You don't get a lot of like that kind of that kind of behind the scenes on Pixar. Cool. Nope. And the only one we got was making Pixar. It, it's it was the documentary that came out a few years ago. I mean, you get like a, a miniature amount for each film with like bonus yeah. features and things like that, but not generally something that's focused on like a single yeah. film. So that's oh, cool. just like on the films. Okay, yeah, because the one I'm mm -hmm. talking about was like on Pixar, Pixar itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking like okay. like documentaries on just making a single movie. Oh, okay. Which is what that's we're getting. Cool. I like that. Um, Cars on the Road is a new series for Disney Plus that was announced. Owen Wilson and Larry the Cable Guy will reprise their roles for a new series of cross-country adventures that include good. Lightning and Mater getting a Mad Max makeover and encountering some dinosaur car bot things. I don't know. It looked cool. Cool. I mean, I like uh, I like um, I like the whole road trip. Like one of the biggest things about if they go more into Route 66, that just make me happy because you know I did the thing. But yeah, there's a lot of other really cool road trip spots in the United States that are absolutely gorgeous that it's like, Hey, this is what's really cool that you can go and you can drive to in the continent of the U S. So let's celebrate that. And I like that. Yeah. I think it's a good use of those characters to do something like that. I'm not surprised mm -hmm. that we eventually got a Disney plus something with them. Mm -hmm. uh, win or lose. We had our first real look in the Pixar special that's on Disney plus at win or lose. And I really like the art of it. And I love the idea of this series. This is Pixar's first dedicated television series. Ooh. What is it? I didn't see this one. I did not see this one. Um, okay, guys. Uh, so, um, yeah. So if you watch the Pixar special, it's like five minutes at the end uh, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, they have – this is their dedicated television show. We heard about it in Investor Day. It's about a Little League uh, softball team. Oh, and, okay. uh, each episode is, like, focused on a different player on the team and, like, how they uh, – how their imagination, like, takes over the way they interpret being part of the team and things like that so like uh sometimes it's like from the mindset of the star player or the person who like absolutely admires the coach or the person who feels like they're maybe the useless run on the team all this kind of stuff and it's exploring through like vivid animation their imagination of how those events go so like the kind of things you would picture as a kid uh of like how high the stakes are for a little league softball game um it looks really good uh, I really love the art look for it, and this being Pixar's first dedicated television show, I'm, I've got a lot of hope for it. So when's that coming out? 2024? Uh, we don't have an official release date yet. So 2024. Probably. Probably. Um, I, let's move on to Marvel. Um, IMAX Enhanced. In a partnership with Disney Plus and IMAX has led to 13 of the Marvel Studios films being given an enhanced viewing experience that opens the aspect ratio up to the IMAX standard on Disney Plus. I watched I, I watched this I watched uh, some Doctor Strange. Nice. It just it's wow, the black bars go away, you can see more. Cool. It's still on my TV, so whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's not I, it's not I, as it's, whatever. It's neat that the option option is there. If you're a person who really wants to see that IMAX extended aspect ratio and you care about that, then it's there. Um, okay. Bully for you. Uh, Marvel Zombies. Okay. One of our favorite one. episodes from the What If okay. show Wait, has yes. had a full series announced. Yes. 
I was negative until I saw everything else you're about to say. Okay, so uh, the What If director Brian Andrews is also set to direct the new series, but with Robot Chicken alum Zeb Wells serving as head writer. So here's the thing. Robot Chicken is, is the thing they said. But Ben, do you know who Zeb Wells, do you know who Zeb Wells, what he's currently writing? What is he's he a writer writing? Of, he writes Hellions. Oh, okay. He, he's he's one of the, he is the writer of the current Spider-Man Beyond comic, which is okay. excellent. Uh, he's also, um, uh, he wrote one of the best New Mutants runs a couple years ago. Uh, I love this. I, I, my big problem with the Marvel, with the What A Show is the writing. And Zeb Wells is one of the best, not just writers, but comic writers around. So like the fact that he's, this gives me so much faith, so much faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm definitely more optimistic right now than I would have been otherwise. And I, so we'll see. and I a hundred percent, even though I know it's a spinoff of like, of, of the what if episode, but I truly think that they're going to do the comic stuff because like, you can't make a whole series about zombies who don't talk like that. That's just a boring, that's just a yeah. boring show. I hope yeah. that I am. I'm, I mean, I know when we see these, these show logos, it doesn't mean it's, it, it's the same logo from the comic book. So I hope it. I hope they're doing like, hey, yeah, the zombies episode was a big thing, but we're doing this or it, we're doing it straight from the book. And I really hope they're doing that because after I read that book, it's like, God, they had so much potential and they kind of just threw it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's um, only for it, that definitely, that episode. it definitely makes me kind of wish they had just skipped the what if episode and made the show. since they clearly wanted to anyway just do it yep anyway Mm -hmm. speaking on that what if got its official season two confirmation um that's it it just you know you knew it was coming now you know for real it's coming um uh (laughs) some new logos dropped um they're just new logos we're just going to talk about them real quick Ironheart, i am groot and guardians of the galaxy's holiday special all got brand new logos yay yay they're so shiny i do like that iron heart has a literal iron heart Mm -hmm. um also, Secret Invasion got its new logo with a really cool sci-fi look to yeah. it and a glimpse of a new look for Nick Fury. Uh, no, man. Really he... letting him show his age now. Yo, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's like stranded in space or like he's like he can't shave. Boy can't yeah. shave. I really, got, really like got a the big secret... beard and no eye patch. Mm-hmm. I like the I really like the, the Secret Invasion logo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it looks a little bit like the book, but at the same time, I just like how the colors and there's like a little like little glitches here and there or man, like I... specks of color missing. Uh, I forgot, like, there are so many people in this cast that I don't remember, but I just remember Olivia Coleman is in it. And I'm like, God, I, and like Amelia, and Amelia Clark, Amelia Clark, who might be Abigail Brandon, if that's um, true, I, I, I'm going to lose my mind. And you've got sword Ben stuff. Mendelsohn. Yeah, that's who I was looking for. Cole yeah. Yeah. Smulders, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm uh, stoked. Maybe stoked. I'm ready. Um, Secret Invasion is definitely one of my most anticipated right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now added to the list is Agatha House of Harkness. The series is confirmed with title reveal and Jack Schaefer returning as a head writer from WandaVision. Hell yeah. All right. Um, Mephisto? No. I mean, <laughs> I am curious what it's going to be about. Uh, I saw on Twitter someone post the Agatha Harkness logo, and then immediately they were saying, "Like you know, we're getting Mephisto in the show." I'm like, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the la- like one of the literally last things that's introduced with Agatha is the Darkhold. Yeah. Um, this show's gonna be about her and the Darkhold, almost like a hundred percent. There's like again because I've been getting the Ghost Rider recently. Like that '90s Darkhold stuff when it was introduced. Like there are so many avenues. 
that they can do. There are so many cool characters they can introduce that are human and like demonic that are good and bad. Um, the fact that it's called House of Harkness is interesting. Like, I don't feel like you need to dive into her history a mm. lot, to be honest. Like, the thing you gave me was enough. Just give me more of that modern character. So I'm really hoping it's more like it's the house of everyone she's involved with, like her family. Yeah. Uh, Mag is saying that um, House of Harkness could possibly be a Tales from the Crypt Marvel style. Mag. Mag is, uh, uh, Mag is in a similar headspace to what I was thinking. Oh, I, was God, like, I, I would, would be surprised if this is like a, a launch pin for like where we connect uh, Werewolf by Night. Blade, yeah. vampire okay. stuff, some Ghost Rider stuff, where oh my God. that dark horror stuff starts finally bleeding its way in. That this is cool. Like this is perfect because, like, yeah, that dark hole is like it is it is key to so much stuff. Like they brought the dark hole back now. There's like a dark hole event happening right now, um, yeah. by Steve Orlando. So like, I'm super excited. God bless Catherine Hahn getting that paycheck. Yeah, oh, yeah, good for her. Can't, can't wait to see more of her. Me too. I am excited now, as all hell. That was rumored and then confirmed, and so was Echo. That series was confirmed with logo reveal. And so let me tell you guys, with Echo confirmed and Agatha confirmed, I think Wilson Fisk is in this Echo show. I'm not saying Vincent D'Onofrio is continuously liking tweets involving the stuff that's that cheeky bastard. I'm just saying those rumors that 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 Wilson Fisk is in Hawkeye because it ties to the Echo stuff was all rumored before that before any of this was announced. She has her own show now. Oh, this is true. A hundred percent true. She her stuff is directly involving the kingpin in the comics. Like, we won. I have a question for the teachers. What's up, bud? Who's Echo again? She's a deaf. She she's a deaf character. Uh, uh, she. Uh, you're gonna meet her in Hawkeye. You're gonna meet gotcha. her. In Hawkeye, yeah. Like she doesn't have a ton of appearances. She's the current so, host of the Phoenix Force in the comics. So Ben, uh, just taking you back a bit, uh, the rumors that we talked about a little while ago were that Echo was gonna get a spinoff series from Hawkeye. It was going to have Wilson Fisk as the main antagonist and mm. include some of the Daredevil cast, and ultimately lead to a Daredevil season four. That's all part of that rumor, and that meant that Wilson Fisk was gonna appear at the end of the Hawkeye season. Uh, gotcha. That coupled with with me very convinced right now that charlie cox is in no way home uh has me saying oh yeah it's all happening baby kristen ritter's back as jessica jones and she hulk it's all happening baby yeah. she, even mag she, agrees uh echo has ties with okay i am saying, educated yeah. now thank you my friends yeah. yeah she's definitely like one of one of the side characters who comes in and out of his continuity but like um echo echo was one of the biggest things to be confirmed because it it by confirming there was an echo series development confirmed a lot of other things it feels like even if it didn't it did <laughs> this is awesome because this is even even if there is no daredevil wilson fist comparison or uh, uh like stuff in there this is this is the quintessential netflix street level show that we've been wanting this yeah. is this is her fighting crime in new york city so right. like if it's not a pseudo daredevil show uh then like it is that's awesome like yeah we won uh, there was an extended look at Hawkeye in the Marvel Disney Plus special. Um, I did not watch this because that show comes out soon. Okay. Uh, it's a cool shot. Um, it's basically what I liked about this is because it's not a new trailer. Uh, we saw footage that we've seen from the trailers before, but then they just played an extended scene of one of the car chases. Oh, you know uh, how much I hate watching scenes. I do. I still really like this. Um, it's very much hearkening back to uh, the way that they filmed a lot of Daredevil. Uh, with the way they decided to film this, so I'm um, take that, take that. I will friends. say, everyone is uh, from everyone who watches saying like, "Oh, the Haley Seinfeld is good." Is the casting is just it's going to be the bee's knees. Like yeah. I'm so excited. I'm I'm I also really love I love the energy between her and him that we get in this scene. Honestly, Beautiful. I liked watching this more than I liked watching most of the trailers, except for the first one. 
Cool. Um, so big news, Spider-Man freshman year. Uh, it will be tied to the MCU while also evoking Marvel's deeper history with an aesthetic approach that, according to a press release, celebrates the character's early comic book roots. This is an animated show that will follow Peter Parker on his journey to becoming Spider-Man in the MCU, suggesting the show might dramatize this Peter's origin story, um, something li the live-action movies with Tom Holland bypassed entirely. Sparks, I got two words for you. What are those two words? Uh, those Uncle Ben. Are Uncle Ben. Um, <laughs> Jeff Trammell, writer and, act, and actor on the Cartoon Network series Craig of the Creek, is the head writer for this. Uh, Craig of the Creek is a fantastic show. I think this is excellent. I'm really glad that he's in charge. Uh, this gives me a lot of faith in it. I think Ryan's right. Uncle Ben is uh, now on the table, at least to be talked about, if not seen. It also makes me think Uncle Ben might be making an appearance in No Way Home, friends. Yeah. Ooh, I, might. I, um, I'm really excited for this. I think this is a really cool idea because because there is that like six month period that we don't know about him becoming Spider Man. Um, I think this is a really cool idea and like doing like you know like sixties comic book stuff. Like I think this is a really cool idea and like like I've been watching Craig of the Creek, but I texted you after I saw this because I'm like I know that show is like really popular and has fans. Uh, yeah. So this makes me think that like okay they got someone who has good like animation pedigree to get behind this. Yes, <laughs> I, I think it's a I think it's a great choice. Uh, the head is all like bone saw. I'm like, I don't think bone saw is gonna no, be. He's no ready. Um, when the logo is revealed, we see a little rip of it, and we see <clears throat> an animation figure of Peter Parker. If that's what the animation looks like, I'm already here. I'm sold. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Um, that's really exciting. It's very interesting. We're getting an animated show. This this has me like wondering what more we'll get of this kind of thing where we've always talked about like characters arcs being expanded from before. Now we're getting an animated show that expands on story elements. We could do more. We could see more uh, Captain America adventures or who knows what, if this uh, takes off, but uh, this is very interesting. This is also a interesting snub towards Sony because mm -hmm. they'll get nothing from this. Yeah. Um, I don't know how those contract negotiations are going to go. We'll see. Uh, we'll now that this out. Is out there. Miss um, Marvel had a first look in the special. Uh, Miss Marvel introduces viewers to Kamala, a 16-year-old Pakistani-American from Jersey City, an aspiring artist, an avid gamer, and a voracious fan fiction scribe. She is a huge fan of the Avengers, and one in particular, Captain Marvel. This is the official synopsis, by the way. But Kamala has always struggled to find her place in the world, and that is until she gets her superpowers like the heroes she's always looked up to. Iman Vellani stars as Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel. Episodes are directed by executive producers Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala, Mira Menon, and Sharmin Obaid Chinoy. Uh, it is now confirmed for release on summer 2022. This was really weird because of its placement in the special. It came after the ones we're going to talk about next mm -hmm. and is the only one that got coming Delayed. summer 2022. All of the rest of them said coming soon, coming soon, coming yeah. soon. We have no dates, but Miss Marvel got summer 2022. Very weird. Yeah. Um, this well, also I mean, that... makes me, because of how the order of the special went, it makes me suspect that our next two come before Miss Marvel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for this show, man. Like, I just... The rumors of her of them changing her powers just really bums me out. And it's now, that I've, out too. now that I've seen it, like, the purple power is there, and I'm like, oh, man, she's got stupid genie powers. That's just... That is just a... a we're going to read the book club when the show comes out, as we do, you know, and, like, you'll see that, like, her uh, uh, her powers are tied to who she is and her like her body dysmorphia and like yes. her dealing with like body image. So yep. them directly taking away the like, her embiggening 
uh, is like a direct contrast of the character and the stuff she goes through as not just a human, but as like a, as a person with like eating disorder and as a Muslim American, like all this stuff, like fasting, like all this stuff. And I'm like, I, if they get rid of it, it's going to be a real disservice. Cause like, mm -hmm. this is, this is a character that means so much to so many people, not just because she's a Muslim character. Like it's, it's, I, some, I have the some utmost people... hope. Go ahead. Yeah. I just, I, some... I'm just hopeful. Some people wondered uh, when that quarter four rumor dropped that it was being pushed back that far to fix the powers because of the backlash about it. Because uh, we now know it's summer twenty twenty two. Closer to the it movie. is weird because Miss Marvel was supposed to be next. It was supposed to yeah. be after Hawkeye. That doesn't seem like it'll be the case. Uh, I I agree with you, Ryan. I'm I'm disheartened by the change in her powers. I think it's dumb. It is. Um, it is still really great that we're gonna have a teenage Pakistan Marvel character. Like that's still 100%. really important. Yeah. Um. So you know, I don't want to get over that. Um. It's just like sometimes, like, don't but, be scared of Reed Richards. You could have multiple stretches. You have two Hawkeyes in one show, we're, you idiots. We're letting we're letting her represent only a single thing when we should be letting her represent all the things she yes. represented before because she represented a lot. People are yeah. multitudes. They're not just one thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about it, and I kind of thought about it too when I, like, on my own time, I've been thinking about it where they're like, why is she admire or Captain Marvel so much? She's only around for like a few moments of Endgame. And I'm like, technically, she's around for five years helping out Earth. So, all also, the time she gets to know her. Like, she helped to defend the planet. Like, that's, that's silly. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I understand, like, you know, like, no one was there to see the events of Endgame. So, like, how, how has she become iconic that quick? And I'm like, well, she was helping around with stuff for five years. Yeah. Um, okay, Moon Knight had its first look in the special. Uh, its official synopsis says, a new globetrotting action-adventure series featuring a complex vigilante who suffers from dissociative identity disorder. The multiple identities who live inside him find themselves thrust into a deadly war of the gods against the backdrop of modern and ancient Egypt. Moon Knight is directed by Mohamed Daeb and is coming to Disney Plus in 2022. Yeah, so we got a very short tease. Um... Uh, obviously not as, like, impactful, but, like, the shot of, of him in the back punching a dude gave me, like, the Batman vibes. Like, that they're going for, like, this, like, hardcore aggressive, almost, like, again, like, the Netflix, like, uh, street-level stuff. Uh, Oscar Isaac's doing a weird accent with one of his characters. Yeah. I, I didn't think that was Oscar Isaac for a second when he was talking. He's, he's doing a and... weird British accent for, I think, one of his, one of his, uh, one of his personalities, and I don't yeah. know if it works. It doesn't, but still, seeing Oscar Isaac is, like, Yes, I love this so much. Uh, believe it or not, the next show we're going to talk about, I'm more I'm more excited for it now that I've seen what it looks like. But like, I love Moon Knight so much, and like the fact that he looks like he's wearing different. Like we see him in like his Mister Knight outfit, but also like the traditional like hooded Moon Knight outfit. So like, yeah, he's going to be wearing different outfits, different personalities. Uh, yes, I'm I'm really stoked. Oh, oh yeah, I I am too. I also agree with you. I was even more pumped with this next one. She Hulk had a first look in the special. The new comedy series is coming to Disney Plus in 2022, written by executive producer Jessica Gao and directed by executive producer Kat Koiro and Anu Valia. Uh, this looks so good. Just the show this looks, so, looks good. so good. The uh, show looks so good. Not too bad, happy about the logo, but whatever. No, why are you mad about the logo? Because if you've ever seen a, a law show on any ABC, CBS, that's exactly what it looks like. It is making fun of law shows. That's the point of it. All right, I just like yeah. the colors of the last one, okay? No, I Super. get it. No, I'm not going to say you because I can't afford it. But I'm just saying, like, people are getting mad over this. And, like, guys, they're they're making fun of a law show. That's the Look, entire point. When I, say, when I say I'm mad about it, I, what, I, what I mean is I'm like, eh, whatever. But the show itself, I'm super looking forward to because that looks so damn good. Uh, 
she was Deadpool before there, before Deadpool was breaking the fourth wall. Like she's going to be talking directly to the camera. Um, I like, I like, I like, I don't see, we haven't seen the full scope of it, but like, she isn't as big as a Hulk. She is a slightly bigger, like a green lady, but they got her wearing sexy outfits. And I'm like, all right, cool. They, they, they know what they're doing. Awesome. They have a, they have a faithful recreation of her comic look. Uh, yeah. very clearly um it looks like it's gonna pop really well mm-hmm. her green oh, yeah. is a is is notably a brighter green than the hulk as it should be um yeah i'm, I'm so excited i love interesting Tatiana Maslany. i love the energy uh yeah. professor hulk yes. professor uh-huh. hulk yeah. and uh, mark ruffalo uh and also no armin sling also no armin sling yeah yeah, yeah. No armin sling so, so enough times it could be enough it could he could get the armin sling in this show it could happen a lot of what do you mean wait no. what the arm is like, in his sling because of Endgame. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. No, about yeah, that. So, so, like, so he no longer has it in his. Just sling, enough time so has passed. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh damn. I forgot about. Never mind. Forget I no, said yeah, it. Whole, I forgot whole about that. Game happened. Yeah. 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 I, uh, it's been a while. <laughs> we're we're gonna get uh, Tim Roth's abomination. I'm I'm very pumped for the show. I yeah. hope the show is soon. I like. I can't believe that like we're getting like an Ally McBeal fourth wall breaking shield show. That's like a law procedural. Like, God. like put sometimes the, put the Netflix characters on the board and oh my Dude, gosh, I'm just saying all these freaking Netflix people are like uh, Kristen Ritter posted on Twitter. Got my Jessica, got my Jessica haircut for no reason. Like, what are you doing? You know what you're doing. <laughs> you're, you're lying. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying liars. Um, all right. And then the biggest surprise of them all, hands down, is X-Men 97. X-Men 97 will be a continuation of the beloved 1990s X-Men animated series that ran for five seasons on the Fox Network from 1992 through 1997. Bo DeMeo, who wrote Netflix's animated The Witcher spinoff, Nightmare of the Wolf, will serve as head writer on X-Men 97. Also consulting on the new series are X-Men the Animated Series producers and showrunners Eric and Julia Lewald. Uh, plus original series director Larry Houston. Yeah, following, yeah, yeah. Following a familiar team with the DNA of the original show, an impactful event in X-Men 97 will launch the reunited X-Men into an all-new chapter that will resonate with fans of the original series. Featuring the voice talents of original X-Men the Animated Series cast members, including Cal Dodd, Lenore Zan, George Buza, Allison Seeley-Smith, Chris Potter, Catherine Disher, Adrian Ho, and Christopher Britton. Some cast members of X-Men 97 will reprise their original roles, with others voicing entirely brand new parts. X-Men 97 will also welcome a number of new voices in the cast, including Jennifer Hale and Ewa Buachi, Ray Chase, Matthew Watterson, J.P. Karliak, Holly Cho, Jeff Bennett, and A.J. Locasico. So, first of all, they announced it on... on on uh, Twitter with a meme of the Wolverine looking at a picture. That's so good. So we missed you too. They, they, they already got me in the bag. Um, yeah. Before I get to like how excited I am for this, there is, there is trepidation that, that because now that Disney owns the X-Men, that they're not doing anything to further the X-Men line. They're going back to something that's nostalgic because they're not ready to move forward with the X-Men, you know, in the way that they do with all the other characters. Right. So they're doing the stopgap show. That's X-Men 97. You know, it is it is not new stuff. It is still going to be old stuff. Um, I don't think that's necessarily going to be true. I don't think, I don't think, why why are they only going to be limited to the couple of years that the show wasn't on the air? Because like X-Men 97 is referencing like the air, uh, this, the newest season would have came out in 1997, right? So that's like, that's the thing. Um, yeah. Why, there is no reason that they can't use the last, the next 25 years of comics, just putting them in the 1997's uh, aesthetic. Right. That's what they did with the Secret Wars '90s uh, uh, tie-in comic. Like, there's no reason that we can't do an, an arc from 2005 just in the 1997 aesthetic. 
So right. I think people are going a little crazy. I think this is awesome. I'm, I am I'm, very excited. I'm very excited. I'm very intrigued. I'm very encouraged. Yeah. Uh, the show is set to premiere in 2023. Um, it's interesting that this is a Marvel Studios-specific project. Everything yeah. else Marvel Studios is specifically tied to the MCU. This will not be. Um, yeah. This is an animated show not having anything to do with the MCU, which implies, I think, that the future of Marvel animation is now with Marvel Studios, and we're mm -hmm. not going to be seeing any of, like, the Spider-Man on Disney XD or, like, Guardians those, shows, of the will, Galaxy. those yeah. shows will pass on, and when they're all over, we are now living in a Marvel Studios on Disney Plus animation world, um, which could mean we might get a revived, dedicated Avengers show on the level of Earth's Mightiest Heroes or something like that, which I'm all for. I think that they need to take more advantage of the animation. So if Marvel Studios animation thing is now expanding beyond just they were saying they want to do more Marvel projects in animation. The fact that they created their own studio division and are doing things that are not just MCU related now makes way more sense to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is only a matter of time before, yeah, like there, there are contracts and like, you know, these shows have to run their, run their course, um, that they're the ones that are on now, but like, I fully believe, uh, they want everything in house quality control. Um, yeah, like the, the Spider-Man news and this X-Men news and I'm like, oh, they, they, they care. I mean, they, I know, I always know Disney cares, uh, but like, they know what they're doing. Like, this is great. This is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a lot of, I have a lot of hope and faith in this, especially with so many of the, the originals back uh on board to see it through and i agree um, with you ryan like there's a lot in that there's a lot in that hint of uh the synopsis piece synopsis piece that we get uh following a familiar team with the dna of the original show uh an impactful event in x-men 97 will launch them into a uh new chapter resonating with fans that's pretty yeah. it's pretty pointed language yeah so we'll see i i wouldn't be shocked if like um there is an event uh, uh, Bendis did an event called Battle of the Atom where he brought the X-Men from the past to the present to show that evil Cyclops, like, hey, young Cyclops, tell your old self that you're bad so the future won't be as bad, right? I can imagine, like, X-Men from the future coming to 1997 going, we gotta fix this shit! And then it's just all new continuity. Just hmm. telling the same stories that we have, but in new ways. Um, like, I, the fact that anything X-Men is coming out, like this soon after getting purchased is really great. That means that yeah. again, like they're, they're, they don't want to wait. They want to capitalize. Uh, right. This is a good way before, again, before the actual new X-Men MCU stuff starts happening. Right. Um, that's it, my friends, for our Disney Plus Day discussion. A lot of things, a lot of, a lot of uh, logos? interesting marketing decisions and logos yeah. and um, was the hype worth it? Who knows? But there's some really cool news. I think we talked about some fun stuff that I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to. There's, I will there's say, a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, because I am running against the time time yeah. clock here. Uh, but uh, definitely not the impact of last year's. But also, like uh, again, much like DC fandom last year, like it's really hard to cap had to redo that first wave of excitement, right? Like when you when you announce so much stuff, the next year just won't be as exciting because you're just like re-saying those same things. Of course, there's new right. new stuff here, but like. It's almost like they put themselves in a corner when you start so hard. You know? I think I think the challenge here is just marketing a day of marketing mm -hmm. and yeah. just have a day of marketing. Just do it and don't yeah, have yeah. to spend like about a month going, just wait for Disney Plus Day when we're going to make some some stuff happen. And it's like uh, everybody gets too hyped about that kind of thing. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, definitely the uh, hype, the hype for like I, I, I knew it wouldn't be as big, but like it is a. Uh, like we, we I am genuinely footage. You know, I am like, genuinely shocked about the Star Wars stuff. The yeah. fact that like Andor didn't get a release date or a trailer, uh, that um 
we didn't get anything about it worries me more than anything yeah it does worry me and i'm like how how do we not see like just one trailer for like this next star wars thing after or just like hey we're hard at work in post-production thanks for yeah even that like like uh, i think that's part of the thing too is like i don't mind like if you're going to do a bunch of logo stuff but like i'd like to hear from like the people working on it just a little bit to even like have them come on in in like the marvel special and be like oh we can't show you anything from iron heart but let me tell you like here's our lady playing iron yeah. heart and like what's we going saw on so many... like how passionate she feels about it and that kind of thing and i'm like like i i know that's not a lot to like be newsworthy but it's at least more impactful than just going boom iron it's crazy to think that we saw more from kenobi and that show like that like in andor's like was announced like way before that yes. that's crazy yes. yeah that's weird it makes me worry yeah yeah um anyway enough on that and all that yeah. marketing my friends let's move on to our yeah. book club from yeah. marvel to dc Who says it? Who says the book? Cl- oh, because it's my uh, book club. I guess we'll take it away. Take it's it my away. book club, so I'm going to take it away. So uh, this week, the book club is only three issues of a six-issue anthology <laughs> because of uh, because originally we were thinking maybe we can do all six issues, because but then uh, Ryan brought up the point that because it's an anthology, we're going to be talking about dozens upon dozens, dozens ben, of stories. Ben, if we, if we would have done all six issues, we'd be talking about 30 stories. Yeah. So, so we, I can't even remember half the stories we talked about that I only did 15. Yeah. So this week, my book club is Superman Red and Blue issues one, two, and three, which you can barely see because, yeah, but they're here and they are written by a whole bunch of people and they are done by a whole bunch of different artists. But the main thing is just like Black Man Back in White or Wolverine Black, White, and Blood is that there's only two colors essentially used. It is, and I mean, different hues, yes, but it is the color red and the color blue, Superman's primary colors. Notably, there's also Wonder Woman Black and Gold. Uh, yeah. out uh, right now right. doing the same thing. Yeah. So, gentlemen, what did you think of these issues? Overall, I, I love them. Yeah, overall. Like, I, I don't think there was a bad story. Um, there's varying levels of how much that I like them. Um, I gotta say, I do think the first the first issue probably has the strongest stories for me. Um, uh, but, like, I liked all of them. Especially, well, no, there is the one with the space rock monster. I like that one a whole lot. But yeah. the, fir- the first issues with um, Superman going to go talk to the war criminal and 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 uh, Superman dealing with the mother who's overdosed, mm-hmm. like, those are Superman stories that we just never get in the regular no. Superman book. Like, Superman being a, like, he's obviously a human being in those books, but, like, him dealing with humanity and not punching anything, just him conversating and being a journalist, it's the stuff that I really love. So, like reading this, uh, I I I loved it. I had a great time. Yeah, the, the mom the- with an, the mom with an overdose story in particular, the measure of hope, uh, which was by Brandon Easton and uh, art by Steve Lieber. Hell yeah! That that one I thought was extraordinarily good. That panel when it shows the moment where he came in on his mom and like the glasses shattering down onto him. Yes. Uh, just brilliant art and a brilliant little Superman story. I, I no joke, like uh like addiction is something that's like really personal to me. So like anytime I see that in a story, I like gravitate toward it. But like you never see this in a Superman story because what's a god have to do with addiction, right? They never tackle it because it's too hard to. How do you tackle it? And the way that they tackle it, it's like Superman, you can't save everything. Like that's just the way it is. Like maybe yeah. you could have stopped the drug dealers who did the thing, but like at the end of the day, like, you know, it's sometimes it just sucks and just like thanks for being here. And that's like that is that is so much more emotional than any big punch he could ever do. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, um, oh, sorry, were you going to say some sparks? 
I was going to say there's a there's a handful of stories that are about somebody saving Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, usually normal people coming to Superman's aid or, or anything. And I think all of them are, are pretty good um, mm-hmm. to, for their own reasons. Uh, I think they're all unique takes on that premise. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I like them a lot. I especially like the, the one with Charlie yeah, uh, in gonna... the third issue. That's about I'm uh, the, amount that one times, right now. Yeah, the amount of times he's been saved and the times that he oh, saves yeah, yeah, yeah. He's keeping the counter on there. Uh, I thought that's really a sweet one, but I also mm-hmm. really love the boy who saves Superman, um, which is uh, Wes Craig and... Um, oh my God. I love it. Uh, where he's just struggling to get Superman back up into the view of the sun. I thought that was yeah. really good. Oh my god! And, uh, and like, and he gets Superman's like, arm. and and Superman's like, uh, as Clark Kent is idolizing him when he comes in to interview for a job. Uh, uh, so yeah, Wes Craig, who is the artist for Deadly Class, he's the artist and writer for this one. But at the end, like, like he, like, uh, the character has a plastic or ar- ro- robotic arm, and he's like, oh, you got a good grip, and so does Clark, and he's like. Uh, it's like he knows he's Superman and like he's become kind of super in himself. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like I, I just want Superman to always be like this. Like, I never want him to throw a punch ever again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. of course, he has. He has to, so, of course. So as much as I love the first like the first story was definitely one of the things why I like this anthology is we look at Superman different like Superman being a detainee as a war criminal oh, in a so, war torn Soviet state oh, is man. something you never think about because it's like. Mm-hmm. Superman can easily get out of there, but then it's like, oh, he was a captive. And then him going like he wanted to like heat ray the the guy who cap who was who's captor mm-hmm. and all this other stuff was just damn. And then he's like, no, I'm what I love about anthologies like this is that we still look at the character and what the character truly is, and he is truly a symbol of hope, and that he is a nice guy and he will find ways to help people. My favorite stories are actually in issue three. And it's the first and the last one of the issue, Deadline and Little Star. I want to talk about Deadline first. Deadline is written by Jesse J. Holland, and it's drawn by uh, Laura Braga. I love, I love Laura Deadline. Art. Which one and is that one? I took a bunch it's of them. It's, it's, it's the one with Ruth Wayne and Diana. Oh, yeah, the, the dinner date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the dinner date. So I, the, what I love about Deadline so much is that you it, it brings in the light of how Clark as Superman juggles his job as the, at the daily planet, his job as Superman and also him trying to make dinner with his friends. And I love how both hit uh, Bruce and Diana um, are, have a little bet going on whether or not super or he's going to make it for dinner. And then the whole time uh, it kind of reminded me like the, the, it's most the most of the dialogue is between Diana and Bruce. Mm-hmm. And I love how it's like, oh yeah, but Clark does this and then but he's Superman. He's polite. And they he bet. takes the, they um there's a picture, there's a there's a, a shot of him taking selfies with fans and shaking arm and shaking hands with a fireman for or like I also like how the guy's like, I put them in my boxes. It's like, dude, even though I can't see through it, that's like easy. I can that, see all the bombs. Dude, that is brilliant because it mm-hmm. is so true because if there's like a thousand things and there's one thing you can't see, he's like, oh, well, there it is. I've never yeah. thought of that. Villains are so stupid. I love yeah, it. That, if you think about it, it's like, wow, because it's like, yeah, I can't see through lead. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I can't see through lead. There it is. I'm going to go get it. And brilliant. even the look on the bomber, on the would-be bomber's faces is just like, oh, we, oh. oh Yo, man, it. that. Uh, the 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 story where the the imp from the fifth dimension took all the color, human colors, <gasps> incredible, Dan, incredible. Dan Dan Waters and uh, Danny. Danny. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah, my god, incredible. Was... Uh, Superman. Superman truly is served at his best when it's like a representation through the views of humanity about mm-hmm. what he inspires and things like that. Yeah, I yeah. think it's so good. 
I'm I'm a little bummed Brandon wasn't here to talk about because his one of his favorite artist writers, James Stoke, did Little Star, and that's the one with the giant alien creature at the end of issue three. Dude, yeah. that and is that is literally like it's something out of No Man's Sky because in No Man's Sky you could be like like when you're warping between uh, systems, like sometimes you'll have a, a space anomaly, uh, and you stop and it's just like a giant monster living in space. Like yesterday, I a giant like like radioactive jellyfish like doing like lightning in space, and they go up to it, and it's like this thing is beyond my recognition. Like I I don't I can't fathom what this thing is. It is beyond my science, and mm -hmm. like it's like I don't want to kill it just because it's living, it's doing its thing, right? And it's like, that's a Superman thing of like, oh, it's this big monster, but like, it's just living its life. I, I shouldn't hurt it. Like, the second we see the giant eyeball, and normally when we see giant monolithic eyeballs and a huge set of teeth, we think, oh, this thing's gonna kill us, but it's just mad because it's it's too hot. It's, it got away from its family, and it's just trying to find home, and this, this being that, as Clark said, is impossibly old, is just a baby. Yeah. And then when he finally connected and helped, he's like, oh, it just needs to cool down, literally cool down, and then it did the whole mind meld thing. And then Superman's like, here, let because he thought the satellites were um were its family. Mm -hmm. The the creature. Yeah. And then it's like, I think Lex Corp's not gonna matter. And then the creature is sent on its way to try and find its family. And he attaches and, all the satellites to the monster so mm -hmm. they can pick up on the signals. Yeah. yeah. And then to me, that's just what Superman I always, always Superman. I've always said. I said it before. I'll say it again. Superman will always be my favorite superhero, not because of the powers, but because of what Superman is supposed to represent in humanity as a people. Yeah, like the this, best of us. Like, like every every time, every single time, someone says, "Oh, Superman's lame. He's too boring." I'm trying. I will like why. Why is he too boring? And they always mention because he's too powerful. He had he has all these superpowers and blah blah blah. And I'm like. But what is he as a character? What does he mean? What does he stand for? What is the what is the best parts of Superman? Oh, he can fly. No, the best part is that Superman will ask you and how and he ask cares, you how man. you're doing. He I flies into I forgot, I think it's an issue too. He flies down to a little girl's preschool. Uh that's um yeah, that's one of my favorites, which was um yeah. My Best Friend Superman by Stephanie yeah, Phillips. Yeah, My Best Friend Superman. When he flies down and the Horses. kids are making fun of this little girl and then they realize, oh, she's telling the truth. Yeah. Or it's even in another... Um, I remember Brandon said that the peak Superman was in uh, um, Injustice where he helps a boy with his bicycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, does, yeah, anybody, it, does anybody care enough? Yeah, I care. No matter the consequences, I will always care. Right. Yes! More than More than like... Any of like the modern, uh, uh, like runs of Superman, like you know, I'm thinking like everything from like the New Fifty Two and like the Rebirth and all that stuff. Like those are all good and, and like whatever. But like this exact anthology series is like this is perfect Superman. Like mm -hmm. these are the stories you give to truly like because like he doesn't th he barely throws a punch in any of these stories, yep. and that's incredible. Because like again, at the end of the day, that's not what he's about. Uh, right. And like so many people don't understand that. And like it's right. things like this that we need to get out there and bless you know Man yeah. Steel and stuff. Um, one of my favorites, because it surprised me and I just didn't expect it to be about what it was about, was Own, uh, which is oh, the one yeah. about Martha Martha Kent talking with the other oh, ladies. He is my son. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, Stephen T. Siegel wrote it, uh, Duncan Rulo on art. Uh, I thought that was just a surprising piece. I, I thought that was such a wonderful little different perspective because it was so much not a Superman story, but just a being an adoptive mother story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and I thought that was so wonderfully representational. Oh, um, um, there is, there is. This isn't a bad story. I just, I thought it was fine. Uh, the crypto and Valzad space into the ghost zone uh, by yeah. Chuck Brown. Like, like oh. crypto's a cool werewolf man. Like, that's cool. Like, it didn't. There wasn't a lot of depth. It was just. A he's cool got action. the. He's got the robot suit. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's hella cool. But like out of all like all these stories are super impactful, and that one's kind of like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, it I'm, does say I'm, it does say at the end the end question mark. So I wonder if it's supposed to spill into something else. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm I'm okay with now. I agree that story was also kind of fine, but I like how they brought in Balzad because I yeah. feel like after the after the new fifty two and that Earth two run kind of like went kind of died. Valzad was kind of swept under the well, not swept under the rug. They just don't use Valzad anymore. And I'm glad that they just said, "Yeah, we'll give Valzad a story." Because I love that. I love Valzad. I think Valzad's sure. a great Superman. Sure. And the fact that on like, soon. yeah, and the fact that they're doing something different, I'm like, cool. Because maybe because once again, we only read the first three issues. Maybe in issue four, five, or six, there could be a um, Calvin Harris, the president Superman, who's also African American. Mm-hmm. And there's a story about him. There could be a story about a superwoman, as in like the gender one in that universe where um, Superman is actually superwoman, you know, the gender swap one. There could be a story there. I mean, just about Lois, about Jimmy. Like, it's, yeah. as long as it's um, tangentially related to Superman, it works. Yeah. Uh, I also just really enjoyed the premise of something to hold on to, which was Nick Spencer, the one where Superman's giving a field trip in the yeah. fortress. Oh, uh, yeah. I like uh, that one. But one, one moment that I truly adored is in Patience. Uh, uh, by Dan Panosian, which is where Lex is trying different ways to get the red K on oh, him. And he's so like, good. oh, see if I get far enough away, the red K doesn't affect me. And he's like, great. Now I will make it so that it affects you at far perimeters. And it's super enhanced. And he just zooms <laughs> right up to him and destroys the gun and oh, smiles. So and yeah. Lex is just getting frustrated. And he's like, just put it away. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all these were really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, took a, I took a flex one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the boxing match. Oh my god. Yes, and, that's like, in the he patience, depowers yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. And um, and he's like, superpowers don't make you tough. Experience does. And he punches yeah. Lex in the face. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's so good. Right. It's so that is so cheesy comic book that Lex Luthor would make it a boxing match. Like that is so good. Very it's, so funny. it's like, so funny that he looks at Clark and he's like, yeah, if I depower him, I bet I could beat the crap out of him. And I'm like, bro, I mean, like, even depowered, he's still a tough dude. He still I mean, fights people, you that's know? Also, <laughs> that's also very reminiscent of the special Superman comic where the, he was depowered and he fought Muhammad Ali. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Also, Superman Up in the Sky by Tom King, he has a boxing match in there. He does. Actually, I, don't, I didn't. I only got two issues. That I never finished mm-hmm. that. I, I should probably finish that. Um. I really like these. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd read the first one already, but it was nice Same. to revisit it. Um, yeah, yeah. Superman Red and Blue is a cool thing. I think this is just a cool thing that they're doing with the characters in general. Yeah. The Wonder Woman ones as well. Um, yeah. 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 Red, and Blue, Red and Blue was unfortunately, it was on my um, on the bottom of my stack for a while. And I was like, you know what? I need some um, I need some stuff to like make me believe and hope again. I was sure. like, I need some good Superman stories. So that's why I picked it's it. And I'm glad definitely- that a lot of these. Yeah, I'm glad a lot of these stories are fantastic. I mean, yeah, there are a few ones that aren't the best, but they're also not horrible. Like the Kill Percenter one or the Kill Augur or whatever that I don't know how to Kill say. Gore. Kill Gore. Kill yeah, Gore. Yeah, that one, that was not my favorite. Sure. But mm-hmm. there's there are stories in here that I love the one with Clark and Kindergarten, but there's great stuff in here, and I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a great time. Definitely, oh, yeah. definitely really good for hope. Uh, yeah. Ryan? What, do you know what you're doing next week? I sure did, because I just went to my bookshelf. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. I read the first two issues of this, and I've still been collecting it. Uh, but I also bought it in the trade because I want to support this as much as I can. We are going to read the first volume of The Department of Truth by James Tynion the fourth, the third. I don't know if the fourth, maybe the fifth. Who knows? And uh, Martin Simmons. And uh, and I want to give everyone credit here. Uh, letters by Adika Bidikar, designed by Dylan Todd and edited by Steve Fox. This book is super cool. I can't wait to finish this arc. Uh, James Tynion is killing it 
Tiny Onion, Tynan. He's killing it in the indie department. This is also one of the shows that got picked up for a TV show or whatever. So he's raking in the Substack money everywhere. So uh, can't wait to read this. Hey, guys, what if conspiracy theories became true if you believed in them enough? That's the premise. Awesome. Oh. Oh lord! I'm I'm pumped to read it because of uh, everything you've said about it. So that's that's going to be a good time. Uh, you stay safe, and we'll see you next time, Meg. Bye, Meg. Um, yeah. Thanks, Meg. Next oh. week, friends, our topic will be a review of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which Ryan is eagerly anticipating. Da, da, da. So Listen, I want I want I I cannot wait to come in here next week and be like, "Yo, I loved it. Ten out of ten. I just be don't wonderful. believe it." Right. Um, <laughs> So that'll do it for this week. Uh, you can check us out. Uh, Brandon's got his conversation series. Uh, you can go check that out. It's an audio podcast. That entire mm -hmm. first season is out. It's well worth checking out. I recommend you do that. Here on YouTube, you can check out Fake Nerds Watch, Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, Fake Nerd Book Club, Animation Station. All these things are here. You can go and check them out in the playlist that we have organized here. Uh, we just recently in Fake Nerds Watch had our Star Trek thing with uh, Brandon for... Uh, uh, Lower, Lower Decks. Decks. Lower Decks. Thank you. Yeah, Lower De um, I think Lower Decks ended a little while ago, and they also had like their the last episode was like a Star Trek Lower Decks, and also another book. I think I could be wrong. Uh, yeah. Um, and we had What If, and Basement Arcade had a bunch of stuff for Halloween. Hello. Basement Arcade Pause Menu will be back very soon because I will actually be able to help Ben get those out with my editing uh, in the near future. So a bunch of Pause Menu is coming ahead because uh, Ben has a backlog. Um, Fake Nerd Book Club, we'll get to it someday. Yep. Animation Station, we'll get to it someday. Uh, Crafted by Z Mass, you can go check out some masks there uh, that we have associated with us. We've got Patreon, which is uh, currently like being figured out, I guess. There's still tiers you can give to, like dollar tier, just because you kind to like us like go ahead and check it out t public we got some t-shirts there you can go check those out we got our website fakenerpodcast.com all the links are in the description below end of show thank yous my friends listeners you guys are wonderful thank you for you watching thank you for listening thank you for being here with us as we are without a, one of our co-hosts but we are trudging along anyway a uh, special thank you to jeremy Bellucci. he's here he's helping me out through these tough times i'm going through he's uh an awesome dude and he Hell does yeah. all our music um you can find yeah. him on instagram at jeremy Bellucci keyboards that is v-i-l-l-u-c-c-i jeremy Bellucci keyboards he's also got suburban proctologist which is a podcast you can check out you Ooh. can also follow on that on facebook.com slash slash suburban proctologist official or on instagram at sub proc podcast uh you got mike matola mike matola does a bunch of our logos and he's just a cool dude who likes co to collaborate with us and we love mike and you can find yeah. him on instagram and tiktok tiktok yes yeah, i knew it was on twitter instagram mm -hmm. and tiktok at mike matola and check out his works at uh line by line art Ooh. um that's it. Uh, if you want to get involved or you want to discuss anything with us as individuals or together, uh, if you want to contact us, you can get through uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, all Fake Nerd Podcasts, FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com to contact us as a show. Uh, you can find me just trying to get through these days, man, at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z, Witty. Ben? You can find me celebrating my 31st birthday at probably not Baskin Robbins at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. My latest article about Retroid is still up. New one should be coming up soon, but my birthday's tomorrow. I'm gonna take the day. It's it's my birthday, guys. I got I gotta go celebrate it. So go ahead and Woo! check it out on oldschoolgamingmagazine.com. I definitely heard Retroid, not Metroid. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> it, it's Metroid. You. Uh -huh. Happy birthday to Brandon. Happy birthday to Ben tomorrow. You can find me going live on another podcast in five minutes at DJ Tony Snark.
Nice. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Amazon Music, Podcast, Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video. Subscribe to our channel. And until next time, stay fake, nerds. Disney!